Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful Central Coast yeah, of California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Danger Radio Show with your great radio hosts and boys, James and Edward. What's up, everybody? I'm Edward. Welcome back to the best podcast on the Central Coast. Oh, wait, fuck. We did that. I did it already. We established those true crime guys are here. Shit. Oh, oh yes. That's right. That one fucking true crime <laughs> that actually minute. solved a fucking, that actually brought back a fucking cold case. Wait a minute. And the officers to work on. I have a, I have a loophole. The, yes. Who are the hosts for that show? Do you know? No, but I'm sure you Do can. you know if there's a guy, if it's a, if it's like a guy and a girl or girls or whatever? I think he's some sweaty looking dude like us. Fuck. Okay, welcome back to the most punk rock podcast on the Central No, Coast. there's that fucking podcast like no one likes us. <laughs> but the, to the best fucking metal podcast on the... We're not that metal. Welcome back. To, welcome back to my mom's favorite podcast. Yes. Daughter Death Danger yes. Radio. <laughs> that is a definitely a good that oh, is a man. fact. Th- this is this, this is going to be an episode. <laughs> this is going to be the episode that the parents are going to want to check out cuz we're talking about Elvis Presley. We're talking about Jason Statham. Well, I thought your dad hates if like Elvis Presley. Well, yeah, so he so that's what I was going to say. Well, what's the uh, claim on your mom then? Well, she actually grew up, and her parents were actually, uh, well, her mom, anyway, was a, was a huge Elvis fan. So much so, she saw him in concert, and this is a true story. He, like, tossed his harmonica into the crowd, and she caught it. She still has it. Pretty insane. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, needless to say... They weren't fans of the Beatles. Uh, my mom has said that grandma was very pissed that the Beatles were getting all these attention in the 60s when she thought Elvis still had a lot left to give. That's exact wording. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it was the 60s, so Elvis wasn't fat yet. He was just getting a little complacent because he'd been untouchable for like, God, what, 10 years? Something. But yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so, but that is our friend main music review. We will be reviewing Elvis Presley, Elvis Presley. By Elvis Presley. Yes, which is a compilation uh, album, I guess. Yeah, as far as I can tell, I think except it's 19 for, what? What, 19 fucking 50? 50, I forgot. It was 50 something. Actually, I just had it pulled up here, but it was like 50 something. 50 something. 56. So, yeah, I don't know what much was like on consistency for music in 56. I don't want to dive into figuring that out, but. Yeah. But, yeah, so what's been good with you? What's been good with me, shit? It seems like you got a good rant about the Raiders, so. Oh, yeah. All right, so I will tell you how my yesterday went at the time of this recording of this podcast. Not much of a disaster. It was just a simple day. Fucking, it was a Friday when it was just doing work. 
works kind of little buttholes at me because they're trying to like really push they're like trying to push me on my own but like learning data networking is kind of like for me it's like trying to like make sure i'm doing it correctly a little bit of a process but i guess they have like butthole expectations that i should be like ready and on my own like already four weeks in oh with only like okay. the first two weeks of like you know being dicking around in the mud and just kind of just being a laborer, not much of like eight hours a day of just straight education on learning this stuff and able to like, you know, repetitively get it in my system. Yeah, but, you've been doing a bunch of grunt work. Yeah, so, but I don't know what the perception of these people are, but it's a small business and I'm fine with it. I still like it though. That's good. It's just a little bit balls. Just me, it's like, all right, I'm sure once I'm on my own, I'm sure everything will be fine. Or we'll be at least it'll be cooler. We'll see, unless other stuff arrives, but. For the educational purposes, because this is a job is like entry level in data networking, which is pretty sick. No, I still like the job. It's just like dudes are being weird stress buttholes or something. Okay. Or something. That's just kind of it. So like my lead, I don't know who's fucking barking up his tree or something. Because I guess there's also like our friggin' like main supervisor engineer lady. It's like, I guess she's like actually pissed, but not pissed. I don't know. Peeps are just weird. That sounds really weird. Yeah, no. Peeps are weird, but I feel like the educational purpose is the job. I don't feel like, oh, I need to go run and find another job at the moment. It's just more like, yeah, I just need to, like, I guess I need to try to hunker down and learn and stuff and just try to dick around with more shit, but whatever. Mm. Just getting weird to discipline. You know, like, they got fucking all pissed because I had headphones or something. Now there's the decree of, like, no more headphones. And, like, everyone was using headphones. Damn, bro. What the fuck? That's weird. Yeah, I guess I'm like, I don't know. I guess I have the ability to really piss off people at work or something but by chilling. Like, I accidentally took a shit during a meeting or something. And I guess maybe this is the first time I actually had to pay attention in the meeting. So, I was like, oh, so I guess we're here. Cool. But all I could do was like, sorry, I was just taking a poop. <laughs> that's really, that sounds like, I'm just sorry. That's just really weird stuff for them to get pissed at you about to me. They're like casually pissed. It's like a little like, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows what's going on? I think there's a lot more like under like underlying detail. I'm sure someone's like barking up some another tree, but usually that's what that's the result. Yeah, of. so I ain't tripping on it too much. But yeah, like either than like work just being that kind of like a bullhole in that sense. But that's just because it's like they have this expectation I should be out there and already mastered. I'm like, and I'm sitting there it's like, fuck, dude, do you think you guys had this shit mastered four weeks in? Did you guys have a better opportunity? Because, like, why is no one thinking in perception that the first two weeks were kind of, like, up in the air? It was kind of rainy and stormy, and we were out to, like, go off and do other things. Yeah, we had a lot that of That wasn't really, like, here, educational yeah. to me, like, learning, learning this job. But, I don't know. As I said, some peeps could be a little weird assholes or something. Yeah. I don't know if they're just trying to push me out even faster or quicker, but and it's like I try to ask repetitive dumb questions and like by like lead text just getting mad at me that I should know. And I'm just like, damn, bro. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, damn. So I'm like, like, that's the thing where it's like, I'm just like, am I not allowed to ask questions or something. I had a similar experience when I started my new job uh, years ago now, but it was like that all the time. It was just, they just kind of threw you into the fire a little bit, and then after a few weeks, if you still had questions, then they kind of look at you weird, and it's just like, well, what the fuck, man? It's just blame the quality of the training, not me. Yo, talking to the mic. I was talking to the mic. Well, you're not fucking tracking anything. The fuck? Well, how am I not tracking anything? All right, sorry, listeners, we're going to take a stop.
All right, listeners, we're back, and I fixed the Edward Mike problem. He accidentally, like, hit a f- switch on the mic, but as wow. you will listen on, you'll hear him perfectly fine because I have the ability to edit the audio track a little bit. So everything's back and clear. Studio So magic. whatever, works kind of a butthole, quality of training. It's, like, weird because it's, like, well, you didn't really give me much of a class course. Yeah. And then, like, the opportunities to really, like, dick around and stuff has kind of been minimal. At least I feel like it, but whatever. I could fucking rant about like them, like these people as people, but I'm like, eh, you know, I just, there is part of it too. It's like, I should try to get the job as best I can and stuff while doing the handy dandy note, doing the handy dandy notebook and stuff too. Right, right. But I feel like there's some people stressing that you don't need to stress this, but whatever. There are like some high strung people, but mm-hmm. that's just the, that's just like, that's not much of a me problem <laughs> and stuff too. Cause they all like get mad. It's like, they're basically the thing. It's like, well, why would they send you out your own and stuff too? Well, I would just go out there. If I make mistakes, I would bother them and try to figure out what goes on. And it's like, then it goes like, because then I was like, I don't know. That's just more of a them problem than me problem. But they'll yell at you. I'm like, well, I can always just say, hey, you could blame me or the training. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really, that's actually just what it comes down to. Yeah. So it's like, you blame me the training or you could just make sure I'm just like doing things right. And like nothing gets happens, nothing wrong happens again. But it's usually the issue is I'm not doing any repeat offenders. It's usually I mess up one time and then I find something else to mess up. It's always like the small things where it's like growing mess ups. <clears throat> yeah, that's going to happen on the job. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a, yeah, so there's a little bit of stress on that where I get a little stressed. And I'm like, all right, calm down. I'm going to calm down. I'm sure there'll be a point once this all settles It'll be like fine and dandy. Some people are just kind of overstressing. And it's yeah. kind of a lot to take in on the job. Like uh, it's like freaking four weeks in trying to learn data na- data networking. There's a lot of information to get down. They I give me a handy dandy notebook, but sometimes not all the information's there. I got to try to take notes. I got to dick around and stuff. Sometimes when I accidentally like mess up a little bit, we don't know what the what the problem is. And then friggin' they think I just don't know how to operate it. But like literally I, I was having an issue trying to line a dish. And then I called the engineer because literally my lead technician's like, all right, this job, I'm just gonna sit back. You're just gonna lead, and I'll just like shadow you. And then you just kind of do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go free on my own. And he's like, if you have any issues, call like call the main like engineer person. And yeah, no, that's what I did. It's like, that's what I did. It's like, all right, I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to ask any questions. If I will, I'll try to figure things out on my own. The job might take a minute, but that's totally fine. Hey, that's, you know, that's like, all right, hey, time yeah. to like test it or stuff. I like call an engineer because I have an issue trying to point the disc, try to get it like registered and going. And then like in that situation, you call an engineer and then you just like ask them and they will give you ideas on what to do or like trying to go dick around. But I guess that person then called my lead tech saying I didn't know how to like friggin like navigate the thing. And I told him, I was like, I knew how to navigate. I was just having an issue getting the dish like registered and ready to go. But like, I think my fucking main engineer lady is kind of a butthole. Like there's been a lot of complaints on her. So, yeah, but she was like nice it. on the phone to me. It's like we were working together, but it was just like, it was just like simple things like that. But as I said, some people... I think that's just more like people, person problems than like actual job issues. Yeah. Issues on the job. Hey, I tried. I'm just like, I'm out there trying my best and making sure I walk away without like it not being like, not like 
Kind of not like doing a shitty job. Like, it'll be a slow process. But, like, there are things, like, obviously, they're trying to get me up in efficiency. It's like, dude, it's only been four weeks. Yeah. I was like, and for them, it's like four weeks. Like, dude, it wasn't eight hours of consistent, constant training. That's not how it was. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. Where's the perception on that? But whatever. Some people just like maybe ball holes in positions. Just don't know better. So, and I could like be bitching them out, but I feel like that'd just be counterproductive. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess. It's, yeah. So, yeah, that's me talking about like light. That's me talking about my job. I wanted to talk about my goddamn show, but I guess like freaking like we just went down that path. So yeah, a little bit issues with work, dealing with like shitty people. But sometimes in job placements, there's just gonna be shitty people. Yeah, that's how it be. But other than that, ah, fuck, because I don't know how to lead into it. Whatever. I went and saw a fucking show after and shit. Nice. Yeah, no, like the show was totally fine. It was like a, <clears throat> it was like a hardcore show. But if you ask me, it's like, bro, this was kind of a fucking death battle show. I'm not going to lie. Sounds fun. Like, these are hardcore bros. But this is basically tipping in the lines of a death battle show. Not going to lie. Okay. You can try, So the first band, Upon a Stone, when I listened to them prior, I was like, eh, it'd be okay. But when they started playing, it's like, you know what? This isn't half bad. I'll enjoy it. It's like early... They sounded like early melodic death metal. Like, before, like, freaking that one At The Gates album that I'm fucking spacing on. Oh, the one that everyone ripped Slaughter off? Slaughter The Soul, yeah. Yeah. Basically, before Slaughter The Soul, they kind of sounded like that era At The Gates or early in flames. It wasn't half bad. Nice. The next band was Slow Bleed, which I've seen this band before, and freaking we're memeing the singer because, like, the last show, I dislocated my arm, and he's just saying, oh, like, God, he's yeah. the fucking former, I'm a former EMT, yeah, you need to swing that, bro, and we're just sitting there, it's like, just, like, cracking jokes, like, hey, hey yo, it's that dude, he's a former EMT, <laughs> yeah, go sling it, bro. <laughs> he's a former EMT, <laughs> Just, like, out of random, que- yeah, like, literally, we'll just have a random conversation, it's like, hey, you just gotta remember, dude, I'm former EMT, gotta sling that shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, t- he tells my boy here to sling his arm, or... Go or go to the ER, and it's just like, well, thanks for nothing, bro. Yeah, I know. Great information. Th- thanks for looking cool, and f- thanks for making yourself look cool in front of the crowd. But my buddy's arm can't work. Yeah, in a crowd of like him and his homie. <laughs> Whoa! This was I dislocated in front of everyone for the world to see. Well, it was for people to see. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. It's like shit. People get injured. Big whoop. But yeah. I guess it's the most excitement those fuckers have because I guess also the drummer like vi- was like freaking videotaping me on Instagram trying to like freaking get my arm back in place. But I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck if you videotape me. Big fucking whoop. I'm in mad pain, bro. It's like, but whatever. I get it. The thing is like hardcore bros can be kind of fucking pussies. Well, yeah. They never like actually injure themselves. So fucking We've bitched about that. And then also a slow bleed. The fucking singer is hilarious. Because freaking like the last time I saw him, he had this fuck delay pedal where he basically sounded like the fucking Tasmanian devil when he was singing. Because <laughs> he would just sound like, just like do it. Because he just goes, it's like fucking, that shit was hilarious. But like after three songs with the band Slow Bleed, I'm like, I've seen this band before. They're okay. They're more on the slow end. If you ask me, it's like hardcore bros that listen to like Nuclear Blast Death Metal. Big whoop. I like Nuclear Blast. Yeah, and then the next band was called Apparition, which was like the drum, the former drummer Nails. 
the bass oh, this pl- was that band. Okay. Yeah, like the former drummer and nails playing bass. Like one of the guitar players was like, "Oh shit, that's the motherfucker that plays in Despise You and a bunch of other bands." I didn't know who the drummer, or the like other guitar player was it, but they were kind of like fucking um total like they're more of like the like total new wave of like death metal of like old school death metal or neo death metal but they had some pretty solid riffs i know when i was listening to them and stuff too like this wasn't like a rager show it was kind of more chilling i'm like all right checking out riffs then this was like honestly my favorite band at evening ripped to shreds which quick side plot you remember remember you were trying to show me this one fucking solo like freaking grind bag called freaking was it hikaru grind time or something which one oh the name of the band yeah oh no uh the name of the the name of the are you talking about gendo Ikari? gendo Ikari grind time oh wait no 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 that was something else um i i do know what you're talking about though yeah yeah what was it like hikaru grind time i think so it was something like that well basically the main dude of that which also that band, he's had fucking weirdos make body pillows of him. The main <laughs> man, Andrew Lee, has a more of a serious band called Rip to Shreds. Oh, that's him? Yeah. Oh, shit, dog. How were they? Oh, dude, Rip to Shreds is honestly my favorite band that evening. Hell yeah. But here's the thing. like, uh, The thing about this show, though, too, since like the headlining band was this band called Cruelty from Japan, which yeah. basically it's like you ask me, it's like, all right, it's these hardcore bro. It's like dudes that listen to like... Freaking slow, chuggy, hardcore, but they also really like that band Coffins. <laughs> the Death Doom band Coffins. Which I was like, after a while, I was like, yeah, dude, this band kind of just has Coffin vibes. Which is totally fine. No, Cruelty is a rad band. The thing was that I liked Rip the Shreds, too, and Rip the Shreds just had more fun energy for me when I watched them. But the thing, though, too, there was also another show in the same town, too, of Oxnard that was kind of like just down the road, just like freaking like a... Some like straight edge, like straight edge youth group hardcore stuff too. This band called Rob Brigade, which I try to listen to, and I'm just like, they're good, but fuck, dude, it's kind of like by the numbers, like youth crew, like hardcore. I don't care for it. Hmm. It's like, it's gonna be the same thing. Oh yeah, we play fast for like ten seconds, and then it's like a friggin' slow, like friggin', like then it's kind of like a slow two step like piece for like a minute straight <laughs> or like cool. Fi- yeah, like some people really like that, and like I mean, sometimes it can be sometimes it be good too. But sometimes I'm like, "Fuck, dude, these bands sound like just other bands I've seen, and it's not my thing." You know, all like, the, I like DB, bro. You know, it's funny. All and you- like I am, and like that has the same criticisms too. But yeah. like my personal taste isn't much on Youth Crew. But yeah, there's a show going on there, and if people kept their wristbands, they can get in this show for free. That's hype. Yeah, so yeah, people were able to like catch two shows. But as I said, during Ripped to Shreds, there was like no hardcore bros in there. There was like everyone, like a lot, most of the people were kind of chilling outside because it's like, oh, they want chuggy hardcore. They don't want this sick fucking like freaking like speedy like death metal with like neoclassic, <laughs> neoclassical Ingwe sounding shred going. <laughs> With like sick blast beats and stuff and HM2 pedals. But yeah, dude, Rip the Shred was pretty good. It was just me and my homies just kind of hanging up in front. Sounds like Toxic Wizard. They would have liked us. Well, we don't well, we don't have like we don't play like yeah, cause Dylan, four minutes. Yeah, because Dylan's a wimp. Oh, dude, really quick, something funny about about related to Dylan. Yes. Uh my mom good friend Dylon. My mom saw that video you uploaded to your Instagram story of Dylan. And I don't know my why. neck, my, my back. back, everything hurts because I'm old, old as, as fuck. Mm-hmm. My, I don't know why she said this this way, but for some reason, when I went home that night <laughs> and, I, and she was talking to me about that yeah. and she goes like, Dylan, 
what's with him? I'm like, what? He's just Dylan. And then she, everything, everything I'm about to, everything I'm about to say right now, she said, she goes, I don't know what, I don't know why he, do, he's, Dylan's so gross. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, mom? <laughs> She's like, well, just his, his humor and in his, in some of the stuff. And it's just, why is he so gross sometimes? <laughs> well, my story's dead in the water now. Actually, no. Because I can't get to the ramp. But either way, we're at the shreds. was pretty fucking tight. I dealt with, like, this one dude that we called fucking both through our back patch. That ah. was trying to fucking get something going. But I'm like, this was kind of like a good-sized room. And only 50 people are watching right now. Yeah. And you could read the vibe of the room. Like, we're enjoying rocking out and stuff, too. Pumping our fists and doing the fucking shred hands. And shit, too. It's also, with Rip the Shreds, too, this was like a solo project thing. But the dude has actually got people to jam with him so he can play live shows. Nice. So, freaking, which I also asked my friend Yaxin, which he's a little bit more like fucking nerding out on like the new, like on newer death metal. And he was like, So, yeah, is like Rip the Shreds kind of like a hype clout band? I'm like, Nah, they're kind of still like not as known and stuff, too. I'm like, Well, they're kind of getting there. They just play Decibel freaking metal and beer fest, and they have a Decibel Flexi, too. So, oh, shit. so I'm like, Hey, you're first to know the fucking about ripped to shreds. The That's only thing that sucked is that they're out of their fucking four sided long sleeves there. I was like so Aww. pissed. They only had it in small. And I'm like, it's a four sided long sleeve, bro. That shit needs to be enlarged. <laughs> yeah, dude. I still picked up a ripped to shreds shirt and a cruelty shirts, which I did like cruelty and like they did play it. It was pretty sick. But at the same time, it was like, you know, there's kind of like a chill, just to like show. It was kind of a big room. Not much of like people being packed in where like like people are like accidentally getting punched. There's a lot of room where dudes walking around like doing their hardcore dance moves. I did fucking cart. I was doing cartwheels at one moment and I like my wallet flew out, flew out of me and fucking <gasps> shit spilled all over out of my wallet. I was like, yay, that's cool. <laughs> at least no one was trying to jack my shit. So yeah. I was like, all right, thank God on that. But yeah, no, Cruelty was like a band. I feel like the like the death doom band from japan coffins but they also it's like that band but they also then add like chug riffs too and then like freaking like just like beat down like breakdowns it's a good band but after rip the shreds was just like you know fast blast beady freaking i like freaking sick like shredding solos you go like yeah no it's kind of hard to go from that energy too like freaking like db tupas i don't know that fucking like rip the shreds was a pretty sick band i walked away it's like yeah no that was pretty cool. Which also, one of the dudes, the other guitar player, was in this smaller band that we've seen before at the fucking show Slaughter by the Water, which I walked up to him and was like, hey, were you in a band called Hemotoxin? Oh, was, shit! Yeah, and I like went and like said, was like, said what's up to him, and I like, we were just talking about Slaughter by the Water and shit. It's like, dude, I saw your band Slaughter by the Water. It's like, you were there? That was like 10 years ago. That was, was like 10 years ago. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm fucking old, because I was also <laughs> wearing, like, I was also wearing a mask, too, because COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, yeah, no, I'm like fucking old for this shit. I'm like fucking old for this yeah, shit. And they were one of the better bands that day. Yeah, on the fucking garbage bicycle stage so yeah slaughter by the water like the opening a lot of this like there was an outside stage where there was like where the fucking electricity was being powered by generators being charged by people riding fucking gym bikes and if you couldn't keep up the music stopped yeah and like some of the bands that had less equipment didn't have an issue but like bands that had like fucking mad equipment were getting fucked yeah. in the middle of the song power would just die it was just 
awkward and embarrassing, and Chuck Billy was the host, but he only introduced the last band. Yeah. Which you actually met him in a shitty fucking green tent, too. Yeah. We were talking about, I was like, yeah, Chuck Billy was in a shitty green tent. Yeah, and then I snuck onto the battleship to catch Exodus' sound check. Oh fuck! Right. Yeah, you I just I just walked right in. I met I I met I met Rob Dukes and Gary Holt, and Rob Dukes was a way nicer guy than Gary Holt. Oh, dude, we're also talking about like, dude, autopsy rip, and then he brought up film. I'm like, dude, yeah, and we're like, yeah, the film was fucking trash. <laughs> like, yeah, Dave Lombardo, sick drummer, just bad fucking bands. And you know what's funny? I remember at the time too, because I was mostly talking with good friend Thomas about that, because uh, because because you were kind of off somewhere. But yeah, we all had the same idea. It's like, eh. And then we saw that other band he was in open up for the Melvins and Napalm Death, and you and me were just like, but hey, you know what? Lombardo's, I think, drumming for Suicidal right now, so you know what? That's a good gig. Yeah, no, that's a fine <laughs> gig. Perfect for him. That's yeah. sick. But God of fucking sucks. His other, like, normal band, like, film was trash. I remember like, not fucking psychedelic them. rock after, like, whatever sick. After what impaled? Yeah, after they were right after impaled. I think they were right before uh, autopsy too. Yeah, it was like either impaled or Abzu, whatever. Like slaughtered by the water three. Yeah, because I was just geeking out with him about that. Realistically, it's like yeah, dude, autopsy was the sickest fucking band that day. It kind of sucks. I was stoked to see Exodus, but I walked away as dude. Autopsy was just a way sicker set. And I, that's what I always remember about that show. Realistically, I kind of trace your influences on Corpse Thrower back to that autopsy show because they're like they're like dope ass old school death metal. And and they just ripped it. It was it was it was it was great. Yeah, fucking. Sometimes sometimes death metal gets a little self indulgent, but there's sometimes there's this like where's that death metal spirit? Yeah, and obviously autopsy is like some of that in the purest form. I'm just like yeah, like but that yeah first that, album. Cannibal. But that was pretty sick because I went. I was like, dude, I were you in a band called Hemotoxin, which if you like death, they they do an all right job sounding like yeah. death. Which death? Early death or prog or prog death? Kind of proggy. Do you mean like prog death? Homeboy kinda- was able to shred on fucking <laughs> ripped to shreds, and they play like yeah. Ingwe like solos. So. I was I was gonna say, do you mean like do you mean like prog death like like um like Crystal Mountain or do you mean like prog tech death like last album that they had? They're like it's kind of Crystal Mountain era. Okay. Oh no, I haven't paid attention. Human, to that's fucking- the record. Human. I don't pay attention. To- no, I'd be more like Crystal Mountain. I haven't okay. paid attention to fucking Hemotoxin in a minute. Yeah, I just remember they were like one of the better like local bands that day. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, out of like Slaughter of the Water. But like, you know, that was cool to like freaking talk about that. And then after the show, I learned a fucking valuable lesson. What's that? I am not going to fucking Denny's again after a show if I have to drive home over two hours. Why do you say that? Was the food just weighing you down? Well, there was the food, but I was so fucking dead tired. I hated driving that shit. I was like, dude, I was so ready to just crash the fuck out. I was like, God fucking damn it, bro. Dude, you know, you should have you pulled into like a McDonald's drive-thru and got some of their coffee. That shit always keeps me awake. See, it's that. No, I drank a Rockstar too. But oh, shit. Yeah, but I was- Caffeine's better than sugar, thing. bro. Yeah, whatever. But there's caffeine in that shit too. That's also, true. I was like trying to get hydrated like after a show and eating some fucking garbage Denny's. No, it's just that so much time gets wasted at Denny's. Literally, I oh, felt yeah. like I would have been fine if after the show, just went straight to the gas station, grabbed an energy drink, and started driving home. And Because here's the thing. After we got out of Denny's, it was 2 in the morning, and that is never a good time for me to try to, like, drive home. And honestly- And when I it- literally, with one moment, was asking, like, the because I was driving someone else's car, I was like, hey, do you want to take a shift break? And he was like, how far are we out? It's like, 
Oh, we're like 10 minutes outside of San Marino. Are you sure you can't drive home straight? It's like, dude, fuck, can you just give me like 20 minutes of break? I'm like fucking nodding the fuck off over here. The thing is but about- then like I try to like get back on the road. I did a little like stretching, get a little blood in me, just started driving back on the road and stuff. And I started talking to him. And then he kind of like didn't answer a question. I saw him. He was nodding off. I was like, well, fuck, if he's nodding off in conversation, shit. <laughs> I'm sure he's no way like ready to like freaking dri- continue driving back which I had to just take another stop dude's like fuck it I'm just do some fucking jumping jacks and fucking burpees to really get going and I said fuck it I'm just gonna do my podcast notes on the fucking music to music albums today that we're listening oh, to nice. so I went and hammered those out while driving and shit too just to, like keep me a little awake and we're still in St. Louis but then there was like a fucking cop car behind me they kept flashing his fucking like red is like fucking blue and red lights and that woke me up. I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to get pulled over. That woke up anybody. Yeah, that just started waking me up. And also, these fuckers been fucking bong blasting in the car while I was driving oh, earlier. Shit. So the car just smells like fucking mad weed. I'm just like, fuck. But like that woke me up for the rest of the drive. I was like, fucking just panic mode. I just started just cruising way like 70 miles per hour. And I'm just like, just continue listening to Elvis Presley and getting fucking just agitated with that freaking out with my notes so but the, so the king lit your way home yeah <laughs> whatever but it was just that i'm like fuck that next time if people want food after a fucking show fuck you guys we'll do a drive through but i just want to get straight on the road because as much i just want as much time because after two o'clock yeah. i start wanting to go to sleep thing is about denny's too after a certain point doesn't matter where it is it's like after a certain point they only have like maybe like two people in the kitchen yeah maybe only one maybe a few more maybe if it's a really busy place but honestly yeah they'll have like one or two people in the kitchen i'm not complaining about the subpar food the food's always gonna be subpar that's the <laughs> expectation it's fucking denny's i like denny's we mean subpar they're fine yeah but they're it, fine yeah but there's obviously better food out well, there yeah but like when it's like fucking two in the morning you got no other options and these fuckers are all hungry as shit yeah and i was like well fuck it because this thing like right before we get on the road i fucking ate a sketchy burrito from like chalk mountain liquor from a chalk mountain liquor store gas station but they were also kind of like here's the thing it's like god your stomach didn't like you that day no my stomach was fine oh okay i didn't have issues but that because you know what it's a weird thing Getting totally sidetracked. You would think liquor stores or gas stations would be sketch on having deli foods or hot foods sometimes. And I think of that is just more on AMPM sketch. But this is more of like a, just an independent own. Yeah. You'd be shocked. Sometimes liquor store delis treat you really fucking well. Yeah, some of them. Sometimes it's some of the best food. Like bottle liquor. That's yeah. a liquor store. We've been spoiled well, by a, them. They're a local place in our town. Yeah, but when I was in New Orleans... We would get late night sandwiches out of fucking like freaking convenient liquor store too. And those sandwiches were bomb as fuck. Now, are they the best sandwiches? No. No. But like there's that like level of like that taste of like a liquor store deli. And this is like in this place called Chalk Mountain Liquor Store. It's also like a shitty gas station, but they're also a deli too. And their food is pretty fine. You'd be shocked. It's like you think it'd be gross, but I'm like, no, honestly, a lot of times that shit treats you pretty well. Nice. And I had like a sketchy like fucking chimichanga. <laughs> like it tastes, it's like, it felt like you eat it. It's like, well, this would be sketchy, but I was fine. I had no issues. I'm sure I'm going to like, I'm sure my bowl is going to fucking explode <laughs> halfway through the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, but fucking, I learned a lesson like, dude, I can't do this drive unless someone could take a shift on me. Just like, 
let me take a break or something. But I guess I didn't have that. Fuckers were ready to clonk the fuck out in the car, too. And I was like, fuck, bro. But lesson learned. In that situation, again, fucking... Obviously, like, drink an energy drink. Sometimes, like, chewing on, like, sunflower seeds kind of help you cognitively stay up a little bit. But I might just have to start taking, like, either rest breaks or fucking, like, start doing some calisthenics that will get blood back into me kind of thing. Yeah. But it's just, like, that fucking moment in the middle of the night driving a desolate road and it's like, dude, I'm so fucking tired. It's like, it's so... Oh, I, I know that feeling from, like, solo trips I've done and stuff. It's, yeah. It, 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 but it's it usually sucks. after 2 o'clock is get, gets worse. That's the worst, yeah. Like, anything before 2 o'clock, I tend to be fine. Yeah. After 2 o'clock, it's just like, go to bed. It's like, you're... It's like, <laughs> it's fucking hell. Also, it sucks, too, is we're going to Kachuma Pass, and, like, there was an accident that, like, backed up traffic, so we had to spin around and drive the 101, or, like, the 101 all the way back, and, like... Now I know also like Kachuma Pass too. The windy roads kind of help me cognitively stay awake because I'll be aware. But when I'm driving a straight road for a long time, I want to go crash the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Because you're in a very chill meditative the worst state. Spot, the worst spot to drive is between Santa Barbara and Santa Maria. Yes. The absolute dirt worst part. And that's where I stopped and asked if I could take a break shift. Yeah. But no, it doesn't matter. But when, t- when, hey, yeah. when you're having conversation, a dude just clonks out on you. That's just like, okay, I guess I am the most awake one here. I guess, fuck me. Yeah. So I learned a lesson there, because I know I'll be in that situation again, hanging out with my friend, my friendly stoners, as they were like getting like bong blasted to please the ancient ones, <laughs> but didn't eat any food before our trip, mm-hmm. so they were hungry, really hungry, because they were like, oh man, we're hungry, and I'm like, well, you guys gotta think. We had to drive two and a half hours. This is also show went till like 12. It, you guys haven't had food for up to six to seven hours. And you've been smoking a lot of weed. You're going to be kind of hungry. And it's like, you know what? That explains things very well. Yes. <laughs> but I am not going to do a Denny stop again. I'm like, dude, fuck it. I'll take you. We went there because one person has a diet has diet has like dietary restrictions. Mm. They're just a pescatarian vegetarian. And, like, Denny's could be a little bit more friendlier on that than, like, going to fucking Crack in the Jack or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. It's Jack in the Box. Yeah, but fucking God, fuck that shit. I don't want to do that. God, we're 30 minutes in. What's your rant, dog? We have timestamps. Okay. This is going to be a long episode. We got to talk about Jason fucking Statham. Okay, so. Listeners, there are timestamps. I have no- You're probably going to want to timestamp these, uh. These these little stories. Unless you like too. hanging out with us, thank yeah. you. Okay, so my damn Raiders, Oakland, Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders. We lost our super wild card game. That's what the NFL called it this year: the super wild card. They're just a fucking wild card game against the Bengals. Fuck now, these motherfuckers haven't this is the part this is one of the parts of the podcast that i know my mom is gonna be like really listening through because she's gonna be looking for gold gems to show my dad to just be like sorry i had a fucking i told you there's gonna be a something feisty later in the show i know she's gonna be digging for nuggets to be like hey babe look at look at this look at this bit edward said about the raiders let me tell you all something about the raiders Do any of you know the pain that comes 
with being a Raiders fan. Does anybody know what that's like? Because we've been trying very, very hard to recapture the high we were on in 2016 when Derek Carr got us to the playoffs, but he injured himself and then we got smoked. We have been through coaching changes and this season has been through hell. Okay. We start off hot. We're three and zero. Great. We get stomped by the Bears. No, we get stomped by the Chargers. Then we get stomped by the Bears. And it's like, well, shit. After that, we lose head coach John Gruden because some asshole who was investigating, like, the Washington football team leaked John Gruden emails. And apparently, Mr. Gruden said some racist homophobic shit about some people in his private emails. So he gets fired. But then we get an interim head coach and we win our next two games. It's like, yeah, great. And then we lose our best receiver, Henry Ruggs III, who's legit was one of the best receivers we've ever had. He gets in a DUI accident, kills somebody. He's not just out of the team. He's out of football. Okay. And then we've had some big things here and there. But you know what? We were able to pull our asses to a 9-7 season. Which, hey, that gets you into the wild card. That's pretty fucking sick. And then we had to fight the Chargers. I didn't realize this till this year. I think as far as Raiders rivalry goes, like our legendary ones are in this order, the Chiefs and the Broncos, for different reasons. Uh, the Chiefs and the... What the, about the 49ers? Well, that's just a That fucking, was just because of a geographical thing. Yeah, that's just a cultural geographical thing. Yeah, but it's the Chiefs for two reasons. One, they're like the jerk-ass jocks picking, picking on the uh, rich kids, picking on the poor greasers. Because they're because of Las Vegas, yeah, uh, and no, then and then and then the Broncos. Well, the Broncos hate us for a few reasons, but we've all they we also haven't lost to the Broncos for like five seasons at least, so they hate us because of that. So then that's what and and we get to the Chargers game, we beat the Chargers. We beat Justin Herbert, who has to be one of the most impressive-looking rookie quarterbacks of this era. Not Carson Wentz, not Trevor Lawrence, who's look who's. Oh, I found out some things about Trevor Lawrence. He's the quarterback for Tony Khan's Jaguars up in ja- the home of AEW in Jacksonville. Yeah. Did you know? Did you know? I knew there was a scandal going of some sorts, but I never looked into no, it. No, not that. Did you know that the fan nickname for them is Clown Town? For Jacksonville? For Jacksonville. Because some folks, I don't know. I I just heard this from Pat McAfee's podcast, which is a great podcast. Um, that, yeah, because of his mustache and stuff, they call it Clown Town. So it got to the point where Jacksonville fans know how crappy they are. They actually, Jacksonville fans have the clown emoji, but with Tony Khan's mustache photoshopped onto it <laughs> as their profile picture. Oh, that's hilarious. Clown Town, who somehow were able to beat the Colts <laughs> and knock them out of the playoffs. The Jacksonville Jaguars ended the season three and like 13. Okay. <laughs> and just we beat them it's great and then we lose today there was a bull crap call 
the freaking Jim Burrows or whatever his name is for the Bengals, he threw a pass, but he stepped out of bounds. Referees called for the whistle while the ball was in the air, but the Bengals guy caught it. Now, your natural inclination is, oh, they threw the whistle, the play is voided. No, they gave him the touchdown. And long story short, it's the last play of the game. We're at 19. They're at like 27. We need a touchdown and kick to go into overtime. We don't make it. We lose. And I'm just like, the Raiders get screwed again. And I know everyone likes to make fun of us because they're like, huh, Raiders fans whine all the time that that we get screwed. We do get screwed. (coughs) The league doesn't like us. The refs don't like us. Most of the other fan bases don't like us. I think the only fan base that people hate more than us is the Cowboys. Because you always got those guys going, we did boys. (coughs) We got Dick. We got Tony Romo on commentary. We got Amari Koopa. We're getting six rings every year. You've got that. Did they ever get their sixth ring? No. Uh. (laughs) You've got that. You've just and you've got all the sports journalists on ESPN, on TNT, on CBS, on 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 what's the other one? NBC. They always talk shit on us every time we win a game. It doesn't matter how much we win by. They never talk about how great we were or what we did good. They always talk about well, this was the other team's shortcomings. This is what they did wrong. And it's like fuck you guys, James. Do you know how many Super Bowl rings the Raiders have? Three. Exactly. We have three. That's more than half the teams in the league. There's some that only have one or two. There's some, there's like 12 teams that don't have a single ring. There's four that never went to the playoffs. And they treat us like that team, like those teams. They treat us like we're these, we're these lowbrow losers. It sucks. And it really sucks because this whole time during the game, I've got to hear these these old ass men commentators who, by the way, people shit on the WWE commentators. It's not just them. It's sports commentators in every single sport. They're all boring ass old white dudes that they literally like and he throws the ball and it's good. It's a touchdown. How about that screenplay? They all sound like that. The only one that doesn't sound like that is Tony Romo. And he's got this like raspy ass voice. So he just sounds like he chain smokes. All of them. It's just, it's frustrating. No one knows the pain of being a Raiders fan. We get made fun of by everybody. And every and this is our first playoffs in 20 years. And everyone immediately, yeah, we lost. But everyone immediately is just like, oh, they were going to lose. Come on, it's the Raiders. They choke. <laughs> it's like, screw you guys. You know what I mean? Oh my God. It just X friend redacted was a Steelers fan. And he would always, in every football season, he would always, and he, he would always roast me because like, your guys is Raiders. When we were in high school, you good friend, Thomas and his brother were Niners fans. When we were, we were dealing with Jamarcus Russell bullshit. You guys had Colin Kaepernick who, before he got canceled was doing great numbers. It's just, it's pain. Chargers fans always talk about being a Chargers fan is nothing but pain. Shut up. 
Being a Raiders fan is nothing but pain. I saw a guy on Twitter. I was about to say, Chargers were usually in one town forever, right? And they yeah, just moved San to LA. He, they're San Diego. Yeah, they would fucking... But their Raiders have like switched from Oakland... To Los to, Angeles. Back to Oakland. To now, now to Vegas. Fucking the... Fucking Vegas, which is, that's a fucking trek for every like loyal fucking Oakland... Not freaking every loyal Raiders fan in California. That's funny about that. I see some people talk about Raiders on, on like... On like TV, even to this day, some of them still slip up and call us Oakland because it's just so ingrained where the Oakland Raiders. But yeah, so the I, Las Vegas, dude, it's not, dude. Las Vegas Raiders don't even sound right. Lola, I did bring you like a commemorative water bottle that yeah, which I'm gonna I got from home. like a SummerSlam. Which I'm like, did you uh, do you want that? It's like that's yeah, what so they I give do. you out in the stadium. And I forgot about it, but I'm gonna take it home today. Yeah, but yeah, it's what's Allegiant Stadium? Pretty bitchin' stadium. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty sick. They have look like they have a lot of great, awesome food. Yeah, and I feel like Raiders games. They try to make a fucking spectacle. Is Bruce Buffer always opening up the fucking Raiders games? <laughs> I don't know. At least when it was the opening season, you had fucking Steve Aoki and fucking Bruce Buffer. Yeah, they're just chilling. <laughs> Just like opening for the Raiders, like Las Vegas Raiders. I'm like, are Raiders now a spectacle team? Because it's like, this is kind of entertaining. And it sucks. Too. And it just sucks too because, like, it's like I said, dude. All the all, every sports journalist, all of them. You've got you've got Skip Bailiff, you've got Shannon Sharp or whatever his name is. And just all of them, they all regurgitate the same opinions. I've got forty and sixty year old sports experts on television, unironically telling me that uh, Tom Brady is the goat. They say goat, and it's like. It's all the same corporate bullshit. And everybody looks at the... I don't understand the NFL's desire to try to be this, like, like nice suit and tie, like, family-friendly image. You play, you, play, you play a sport where guys dress up, where you got a bunch of gladiators that go out there and knock their heads around. It's like, every, it's like, it's like how WWE tried to shift to, like, their family-friendly thing. Like, they, they softened out the edges of the W, and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're wrestling entertainment. It's the same gimmick. Every sport does it. It kind of makes sense with basketball, I guess, but not with football. And it's just, oh, my God. It's just pain, 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 pain. <sighs> but hey, there's always next season, you know? So, whatever. No big deal. We made it to the playoffs. That's cool. So, yeah, that's 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 my rant. That was a beautiful rant. I hate the Raiders. <laughs> I, oh, love, I love the Raiders. I might have to timestamp that rant, not going to lie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's... Yeah, it's it, it it's just a lot. It's just a lot. People, pe- uh, the whole league looks down on us like we're like we're a bunch of like we're a bunch of thugs and losers. And it, it, it's like the three Super Bowl rings don't even matter to people because they're like, oh, they're the Raiders. Yeah, see, that was like a fucking time ago too because like those Super Bowl rings were like 78, 81, and eighty three, right? Eighty three. Yep. Holy fuck! How do I still remember this fucking football knowledge? Well, you know. I like kind of. I thought football football was kind of cool when I was young, and I like geeked out on like the information on it. There was one funny thing that came from these playoffs. So, because we eliminated the Chargers, the Steelers are going to go against the Chiefs in the playoffs. <laughs> Do you wonder what Ben Roethlisberger said? about playing the Chiefs. They asked him, they're like, hey, so this is your last season. You're getting a chance to go against the Chiefs. He went on a, he cut a promo. 
He cut, <laughs> he cut, he cut, Big Ben cut a promo saying how, well, I mean, honestly, we've got this guy out, this guy out, this guy injured. Honestly, we know we've got no chance against the Chiefs, so screw it. Let's go out and have some fun. Beautiful. This is your last season. And he's just like, yeah, we got no chance. Fuck it. Let's go have fun. He th- There's footage of him after the Raiders won the game to get them in there. He was FaceTiming someone. He walks off screen. He comes back with a signed Raider helmet on his head. And it looks small. Well, he's a big dude. Because Big Ben's a big man. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's everything I wanted to say on the Raiders. Beautiful. All right. I'm going to take a piss break and we're going to bring in Hot or Not. Yay. Man, that opening sound bit is how I sure felt about the Raiders this season. <sighs> What's this week's hot or not? All right, you know, I actually also got a fucking explanation on Jake too. Remember how we were complaining? It's like, why the fuck are you sending this random shit? He actually got me, gave me a response. Yeah, actually just out of nowhere, because he, like, shared me that last week's, <laughs> like, he shared me last week's track uh-huh. of, like, you know, Nia, some say. Yeah. And then, like, fucking... Which we found out was just a slowed version of Blue by Eiffel 65. Which is also, no, like, no, literally, like, fucking good friend Boat still, like, has, like, a fucking TikTok goes, like, <clears throat> yeah, so why do you have this song and mix with this song? You get Nia, some say. I see. So, yeah, even he is aware. Okay. Let's thank God. Also, he literally just said, also, after listening to one of the episodes with the cum song by fucking whoever that one chick, Brooks something. Oh, was that was was that the one that was like three weeks ago? Yeah. Something? Yeah. In defense of the years that was a my mom's song least comes favorite song. Yeah. Well, don't fucking blame <laughs> us. That's fucking boat seal. <laughs> literally, what I got, he says, after listening to one of the episodes with the cum song, in defense of years a song comes out. The year doesn't matter, since now songs from 30 years ago are blowing up again. Hot is defined by either it being new, relevant, controversial, that's a fucking boast a lot of your hair, nostalgically hip, or just Nostalgically hot. hip? Or just hot. That's the verbiage he decided to use? Yes. You can read that on the pod if you want. I also remember a good track for next time. <laughs> you can read that if you want. Well, I well, it's good to now we understand. So now I don't yeah. have to go on a rant going. This song is you know how the, many years you know old? The, you know what? That, what? How is this relevant to like being new and hot? But I guess this means? is just whatever is just a trending track. You know what that means? You know what that little message by him means? That tells me you hurt his feelings. Oh, uh, his feelings? <laughs> you hurt Bone Steel's feelings. Oh. His name's Bone Steel, but his feelings are made uh, of How well can you see the tissue. video? Because I would like to watch it a little bit, oh, too. Oh, here, let me just come around over here. Yeah, move your shit. That is a portable... You have a portable mic set up. I yeah. do not. I have a desk. Let me just... Oh, shit. Yeah. Sorry, we're out Technical of, difficulties. Yes, trying to set up our fucking camera. Okay, so James told me for this week we're supposed to react to this, and I totally didn't realize. I'm like, when Jake told us to react to this, why didn't you tell... You should have responded to Jake like a smartass and be like, hey, Jake, you know we're an audio-only podcast, right? Whatever. Well, here's the thing. We it's good. Have the Joe no, Rogan no, 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 it's a music video. So yeah, there will yeah. be music. You do the play-by-play because I get too busy watching and I'm not good at commenting on like what's going on. With All the right, so 
He decided to send us a song by Sabaton. Sabaton? I don't know why. I don't know how this is relevant to his fucking shit. So, we see the singer on top of some fucking snowy, who's a, like... Who's a buff European man with a faux hawk. He's not buff. It's the fucking vest. Don't let that shit fool you. He's in good shape. Don't worry, I've seen- I met the lad in person when I was like fucking dog shit feverish sick. I remember you said that, yeah. Man, listen to that great bass playing. Boom, 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 boom. So yeah, there's a random corpse on this frozen hill and like the band Sabaton's on the hill. Like, is this supposed to be Mount Everest? Here's the thing, I think Power Metal is pretty trash and cringe. But I do like Sabaton. There is a charm with them. This literally sounds like another fucking Sabaton, Sabaton song. Yeah, like they repeat their sounds so much. I don't understand how you don't complain about it more. I don't listen to Sabaton that much. You've listened to every album. I don't know when the last album was. I'll check it out when it comes out. Sure. In the past. Yeah, in the past when there was like <laughs> whatever the fuck that album was. You know, this reminds me. This reminds me of my little power metal phase I had back in high school. Yeah, I we all had a power metal phase because we're a bunch of fucking nerds who didn't know better. Because, uh, because, and uh, I thought Master Plan was like the hypest shit. Well, that, that one album. Huh, and then you're like fucking lol. Well, actually, yeah, that was that first album was great, and part of that was because they had the keyboardist that would eventually join Children of Bodom, who's one of my favorite metal bands. So, well, also, I don't know what much to really watch the video. I Is guess that the Red Baron? So yeah, I guess we see a red baron and exploding mountain, the a fucking frozen corpse, up. and there's also been a fucking invisible fucking cloaking soldier for some goddamn reason. Okay, I don't is think this World War Two. Okay, I don't know why the fuck is this mountain exploding so much with fucking the red baron era fighter planes going. Oh, dude, you hear that tasty solo? Yeah, no, this solo's pretty tasty. Yeah, it's not bad. So you know, think of like these solos. But was sick, fast death metal, HRM2 death metal. That was ripped to shreds. Oh, that was ripped to shreds? Yeah, that was, those were the kind of solos I was listening to, just like, wah, not like, nah, dude, it was total, like, fucking cheese solos. It was beautiful. More fighter planes, random exploding CGI explosions. Is this Call of Duty or a Sabaton music video? Seriously, what is the purpose, Bo Steel, that you're making us watch this? Couldn't we just listen to the damn song? You know what? This he, is pretty you know what? This He is probably thought we were gonna get blown away by the cheesy goodness. This is tame for Sabaton. It's yes. It's like tame, not tame. The guy's still it's lame. They're hitting their expectation. <laughs> like this whole song. Like okay, I admit this pretty fucking anthem. Pretty like this anthem chorus. Right here, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. But literally, if you ask me, this video and the song fits the Sabaton expectation. Nothing more, nothing says. All right, dedicated to all those who are unknown heroes that who never came, came home. home. Cool. Hold on, can I borrow your phone? I want to go through these YouTube comments. Uh, as you, uh, what were your thoughts on the song? Um, well. I don't give a fuck what's better for me. Yeah, so forget, let me just like turn off the shit over here because we were done listening to damn tracks. Didn't need that. Ah, nice. The great thing about being the Sabaton fan is. 
<laughs> what are the comments? The great the thing, thing by Brenda Zahar. The great thing about being the Shabbatov fan is that besides learning history, you <laughs> fucking god, people say the same shit, but about a Monomarth. Continue, continue. You know that all their songs are going to be really epic. It's a band full of culture and talent. Seven point seven thousand likes, a heart from Sabaton, and Sabaton replied saying thanks, yeah, reply. thanks for the words Brenda to which a, got a channel named Armageddon Gaming said and thank you for bringing us amazing music I know I'll love the perfect songs to listen to when I play my games and things to listen to over my history teacher over the history teacher well my history teacher was pretty trash when I was in high school not gonna lie which one the um, the van or the true i didn't have true oh you didn't have true yeah oh it was great i used to watch him get in debates with uh with uh with, well, with the Mac. one student where yeah. it's like i don't know whatever true was like he was trying to do like a neoliberal left-leaning politics while the other one was being like concerned. total reagan fanboy at age like fucking 16 yeah reagan conservatism sabaton never disappoint oh for all the brave unknown soldiers who never came home their legacy and bravery will be stored in this epic song Thanks, Sabaton, for telling these powerful Thanks, events of Sabaton. history. Yeah. Okay, there's not as much cringe as I as Find I was one more. before. Okay. Find one more. Let's see. You got that. Make it so oh. good. Oh. John Dano says, Sabaton is hands down my favorite Go on, band. You got to do the voice. What okay, are you doing? Sorry. Sabaton is hands Sabaton. down my favorite band. Okay, that doesn't start too bad, but then it goes, in a world... <laughs> In a world hell-bent on tearing itself apart and history dies in darkness, Sabaton brings little pieces of it back to light. <laughs> Their Sabaton sound is absolutely incredible. I can listen to Steel Commanders and Metal Out, or I can listen to Soldier of Heaven and be moved to tears. They may just be one of the most, if not the most important band alive. I'm going to give that a like to bring it up to 85. And yeah. Oh, oh, here's one last one. Sabaton. Voice, 10 out of 10. Instruments, 10 out of 10. Playing skills, 10 out of 10. Story, 10 out of 10. Storytelling, 100 out of 10. Storytelling, 100 out of 10. Yeah, it's just, most of these comments are just like, oh my gosh, the history, the history. I love the history. I'm like. I think we got it. <laughs> Give me back my fucking phone. No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't holding on to it. I was just, because it's just like, that's the thing I always hear people like talk so high on on Sabaton. Oh, I feel like I'm learning so much. I don't learn shit when listening to Sabaton. <laughs> All I learned, Sabaton. Okay, except with the one album about the Swedish Empire, I guess a little bit. Thank you for like Spark Notes Light. Were, was I just the only? Was and I just your Nightwish ripoff song? But other than that, <laughs> I'm good, bro. Was I just one of the few people that paid attention during history class? Because I feel like most of the stuff they've talked about, I'm like, yeah, I learned that in school. Because history is interesting, so I actually retained it, not like that bullshit math. Yeah, well, my fucking teacher was trash. <laughs> God, dude, I'm like fucking total dog shit. The thing I is, we went to the same school too, so I can't even be like, well, bro, it was your school, but. Yeah, the high school we went to was weird. It's weird. It's like you get us fine enough. This as was you the can. same school that was totally okay with people wearing like Tupac Shakur, NWA, and Biggie Smalls t-shirts and letting girls wear really provocative clothing. But I got called into the dean's office and he told me I'm not allowed to wear insane clown posse t-shirts at school. I told you about that, right? Yes, I remember this. Yeah, I knew you were going there. <laughs> I know you were going there. It's one of my favorite stories to tell because it's just like, what the hell? 
But anyway, do you think the song was hot or not? See, you're an actual Sabaton fan, though, so I feel like my critiques well, might come off a little more, well, critique and mean. I genuinely, genuinely believe they recycle their song all the no, time. No, no, this was a fucking recycle. <laughs> hard to say, hard to say, hard this to is a say. Band, this is a band that technically the group likes, so. Hard to say, hard to say. Well, I'll give my thoughts on it. Just um, give your thoughts, dude. I'm sorry, folks. I've heard this. I've heard this kind of. I've heard Sabaton songs a lot. And don't get me wrong. Oh, they have some real, what... real, real good tunes. But they've got some other tunes where it's like they just repeat their sound so much. And grand, that's power metal's built off that, which is why I don't really listen to power metal. I listen to I listen to to two Man of War albums. Never again. Yeah, but Man of War is trash. But, like meme wise, yeah. lol. Yeah, but like music wise, I'm like, dude, I'm so fucking bored. I don't know. I'm trying to get in the Man of War, but just no. Man of War is kind of like I think still to a lot of people the blueprint of what power metal is. I'm okay if Sabaton wants to be the new bearers of the blueprints for what you need to do to be good at power metal. I'm chill with that. Because there's worse power metal bands that could be that 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 template that could be on that level, but ah, sorry, Jake, and he probably expected this from me, but I kind of got to give it a nod. The music video is kind of fun because you know it's the Red Baron flying through flying through the mountains that are blowing up around Sabaton and some random almost dead guy in the snow. That's just a random fucking frozen corpse. Yeah. So yeah, this is what I literally like freaking our like conversation with Jake for Hot or Not. I was like, sure. hey, yo, send me a Hot or Not. Can you do music videos? I can make it work. <laughs> like YouTube? Yes. I'm just playing the audio. I'll make sure Ed can see the footage. I want to hear Ed bitch about the new Sabby. <laughs> Asking you shall receive, Jacques. It's hard to say. If you ask me the YouTube Because you know what he's hoping for? He's hoping that you're going to James it up and rip in and be like, well, bro, sorry you can't appreciate that, blah, blah, blah. He's hoping you're going to disagree with me and roast me on the podcast. But it sounds like you're kind of on my side this time. So suck it, Jake. Wait, I didn't say anything. Calm your titties. <laughs> Calm down. Sorry. Tranquilo, bro. Tranquilo. Tranquilo. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, sorry. If you ask me the comment, if you look at the comments, <laughs> the Jabaton fan base <laughs> is hot. I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much. Literally, the so like the song itself, chorus is anthemy. Mm -hmm. I do think the chorus is hooky. No, and then good. like in the end where they're doing the repeat chorus, I felt it. For a Sabaton song, I feel like this would be fun to see live. On the nerds and the anthem, <laughs> I can't say the song would be a totally, it was like an instant hot, but maybe on a technicality, I'll be fair and give it a hot. Oh, God damn It's it. fine enough. It's fine. Wait no, a minute. It's a good song. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. You you went on that big old rant to me when we did that that sixty second pop punk song that that it's that if it's a hot it shouldn't be fine because I said that song was a fine and you said well that doesn't sound like a hot what or a not. Fine, it's a not. There you go. <laughs> but here's the thing. No, well, hard to say because that pop punk song action adventure didn't hook me. This song eventually hooked me though. 
Yeah, that's true. There's a vibe on that. You're also a fan of it too. I mean, I can't say if Jake, I can't say if Jake put us in a similar situation with a band I like. Like if he linked us a body count, so- a new body count song. Yeah, I probably would have given that. Hey, yo, Jake, when you listen to this, go fucking send a track that Edward might like. And see what the reaction is on that one. What's fucking you guys? I saw your chat where you're saying, <laughs> yeah, you think James is listening to Power Man 5000 Static X? Lol. It's like, are you discrediting me? Actually, like, not, you've like, gone I'm- out of your way to roast the music. So I figured you didn't give it a shot. To listen to? I have a, dude, the new Code Orange song was like Power Man 5000 core. <laughs> That doesn't count. That's a good song. I know what Power Man 5000 and Static X, you bullholes. But I was just like, I could have sit down in the chat. I'm like, no. I'll give it a thumbs up. Cool. I'm sure, like, whatever credibility you give me, yay. Whatever. The song, it's hard to say. Fucking. If I was a, if I was European... And fucking power metal, yes, it's a hot. But no, I'm not a European, and I live in America. You know, you want to give so it a, it's hot. a not. You can just keep it. A, you can just keep it a hot. If no, you want. no, I said no. A- is this what you want? This is what you want. Is this what Jake wanted? You're giving Jake what he pro- wanted. We're fighting now. We're fucking good. Who cares? <laughs> war, war. We sing about war. Yeah, war, that- war. There's war in the podcast. War, war, war of words. No, it's okay because because we're arguing about Sabaton, we're learning about history. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good thing. This is edu- this is an educational argument. Yeah, the history of, hey, is this song hot or not? It's a history of, hey, I'm always <laughs> fucking at war with Jake and James about Sabaton merits. Whatever, Sabaton, I think it's a fine enough band. They're like, yes, they're fucking cringy, but like, they're charming though. And like, other parallel bands kind of fucking suck. I'll, I'll say this. Name me one power metal band that's out right now that's worth giving a shit about. That, but that's not Sabaton. I bet no one can. Well, there's Amareth. Like, even fucking punk rock NBA like thinks Amareth is fine. I'm like, that's true. Out of nowhere, out of them is like that one. It's like I guess I am Aren't on they the more something. of like a synth metal band though. Synth metal band. You know, symphonic metal or. You might have to go listen to Amareth again. <laughs> it's been a minute. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't even trip on it. But we're, okay. gonna say, we're not going to like metal sub drummers too much. Not well, too not much. on power metal. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I'm not going to bother with that one. Maybe on something else I'm more passionate and willing to break down, sure. But this, no. Yeah. Especially since we got two more fucking, um, two more shit, two more things of something to talk about. I don't have a word. I'm a little tired. <laughs> All right. Timestamp. We're going to go talk about fucking Elvis Presley. Yeah, dog. Go. Okay. So Elvis Presley is. Yeah, dog. What? Yeah, dog, Elvis. All right, so so yo, my dogs, Elvis Presley. He's I I don't have to tell you about Elvis Presley. You know who Elvis Presley is? He's the king of rock and roll. You would hope to know. He basically in death, he still basically owns Memphis, Tennessee in spirit. I guess. If he's it's not a, him, it's Jerry Lawler. He's a history he is part he is definitely one of the cornerstones of the development of American <clears throat> pop culture. I briefly touched upon um who was Elvis when we were talking about Led Zeppelin. Because I had mentioned during I think the Led Zeppelin one or two review how uh in 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 recent years people have kind of shit on Zeppelin and the Stones a bit because they 
just kind of stole a bunch of like uh, music from like old folk and like blues oh, and black no, artists. Oh no, that's fucking music in general. <laughs> Full big fucking Elvis, whoop. Elvis has had to deal with that more than anybody else. Um, oh, but I still fuck. say this: he gave credit. Did he give all the credit? No, but he actually gave. It's credit. impossible to always give credit all the credit. Yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, I mean, Elvis, there's nothing I can't tell you that like literally someone more qualified couldn't. But he kind of just came out of nowhere. He set the world on fire. And then uh, and then he got over the world period of like the 1950s. And then uh, he got really, really salty when the Beatles got popular and he was rude to them when they went to visit. Maybe the Beatles wrote better songs. Ooh. Ooh. Just fucking saying. <laughs> Elvis. I'm See, sh- this is also the part that my mom's really going to pay attention to because I think my dad's kind of hoping that we're going to go into this and just talk mad crap on Elvis. I've never had a problem with Elvis. I think Elvis is cool. Why are the fucking top Elvis songs when I was like, you know what? Maybe Elvis does have a little bit more on his songs. And I look at his top songs. I'm like, why are three of them fucking Christmas songs? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, to be fair, though, we're still coming off the Christmas season because it's like that. If you look up John Lennon, you figure his most popular song is Imagine. But right now, as of like a week ago, it's still his Christmas song. I need to listen to more of his fucking actual hits. Maybe he's got a little bit more. But this fucking record we listen to is definitely is definitely by kind of numbers. Just get into it. Yeah, we'll break it down as we go. Because it's like you know, I'll check out Elvis. I feel like there could be more. No, because I'm sitting there. Like, you would think right. there would be, right? Well, here's the thing: if you go through the hits of like "Can't Help Falling in Love," "Suspicious mm-hmm. Minds," "Heartbreak Hotel," "Viva Las Vegas," I'm like, okay, Hound Dog. Yeah, you know what? Maybe there could be more. But this fucking album that we listen to, I don't fucking know. Just go into it. Track one is Blue Suede Shoes, uh, originally by Carl Perkins. So right away, this is considered one of his classics, and I liked it. It's got everything that Elvis kind of was, you know? A little bit of rockabilly, bouncy drums and guitar. It's a good one. But was it even called rockabilly at the time period? Well, no, but it's it's retroactively been called that. Well, yeah, it's retroactively been called that for fucking whatever, for the nerds, for those fucking nerds. I never really agreed with the term rockabilly, but... For Elvis, I can't say that. But fucking goofy ass nerds that try to do that shit with tattoos or whatever, playing yeah. like Elvis like songs in the nineties. Volbeat, yeah. Well, Volbeat's later than that, but they're what I think of. They're like, not pure. They're rockabilly. not rockabilly, but they've got the look. Have you seen the singer? He's got the freaking Elvis haircut. Yeah, dude. but I'm fucking talking about like fucking acts like no, necromantics or whatever that kind of bullshit. Does Brian Seltzer technically count as rockabilly? I don't know what Brian Seltzer sounds like. Well, you know, you he throw me a, a track. I can maybe. Well, he I had can, that song, uh, um, uh, Stray Cat Strut. He had, we're going to rock this town, rock it inside out. That one was on Guitar Hero, too. Oh, then, yes. That's a definite fucking. They had yes. tattoos, by the way. Yes. Okay. That, I think, is Rockabilly. Those kind <clears> of nerds. But yeah, Blue Suede Shoes, I thought was good. It, um, oh, it's all. You want to go drive down <laughs> to the diner and grab a. Henson milkshake bar. Hey, guy, you want to go get a malt? How about we go get a malt? My dream is to get a 1950s Chevy, but sorry, doll, I got to take you in this Honda's 1990s Honda Civic. Hey, James Dean, let's go for a race. Hey, let me tell you about that James Dean guy. He's a pretty sick guy. Uh, uh, Yo, my babe right here thinks I look like James Dean. I must be a hot guy. (laughs) Are we here to talk about a damn record? But yeah, I thought Blue Suede Shoes was a good song. Oh, yeah, six we did talk of, about it. For, <laughs> six out of ten. Yeah, I wrote this was an upbeat by the numbers song, but it didn't suck. Six out of ten. And remember, everyone, a six is a good. 
I only really do that for me because for the longest time I always thought I always felt like a seven was a good, but I I I I, uh, I brought it down for the podcast. I know you and me discussed it. We <laughs> we, we would try to like we we discussed the forget ideology of our rating system. Track two is a slow tune called "I'm Counting on You." It's one of those classic like slow dance numbers from the time period. I, it's funny I wrote here. It sounds like it should be in a malt shop. Six out of ten. I wrote down this was a slow luau like song for some reason. It can be a six, but nah, five out of ten. You know what's funny? I don't know if you remember this. He's like f- stupidly fat popular in Hawaii. Maybe he likes really Hawaii. I don't know. And I knew and I only learned of that because of Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. The movie. Well. So track three is called I've Got a Woman by Ray Charles. Have you cracked open the Spotify, bro? <laughs> There's just a point where it just turns into fucking Hawaiian, like, forget appropriation and imagery with Elvis. Yeah. Plus, he he did that movie, Blue Hawaii, so he kind of just got associated with the imagery uh, back then. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, track three is I've Got a Woman by Ray Charles. I've heard this song covered a bunch of times. Beatles did this one, too. It's got the old, like, boom, chicka, boom, drum beat. And I wrote here, hearing Elvis's voice, I'm reminded of something. Remember Glenn Danzig? I always, he he always talked about how singing-wise, his main inspiration was Elvis. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Glenn Danzig's singing voice is basically just sort of doing an Elvis voice. And then I remembered, hey, wait a minute. Sometimes Peter Steele kind of like sounded like Glenn Danzig. So it's just funny how the daisy chain of music history keeps yeah. going. But anyway, I thought that at this point, I was still pretty chill with the album. So I gave it a six out of ten. Song three, I've Got a Woman. See, for me, I wrote down, it's like the first song, five out of ten. Track four is called One-Sided Love Affair. This sounded like I was getting into a fight in Rockstar's Bully when you fight the greasers. Uh, the piano was fun and it was all right. Six out of ten. All right, what was it, song four? Yeah. This really felt dated, but the piano did rip. I was going to give it four out of ten, but this, but the piano solo brought it up to five out of ten. Yeah. Track five is called I Love You Because by Leon Payne. It starts with some whistling, and I'm like, yo, is this Ed and Eddie? No, it's another ballad. It's not as good as the other one. Um, five out of ten. Song five, this was some horny Hawaiian romance sounding like song. Four out of ten. <laughs> horny horny romance song, he said? Hawaiian. Hawaiian, okay. He's trying to find romance on a desolate island. <laughs> Too true. All right, so I'll oh shit my notes. Skip the head. Fucking Samsung. What was the last one? Why I is did? the Elvis Christmas album the fucking most popular release on Spotify? Because that was legitimately one of that's legitimately one of the most popular albums of like one of his most popular albums. It's like the most popular Christmas album, except for um, who was it? Mariah Carey did like a bomb ass Christmas record. I think hmm. when we were kids. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Um, track six is called um, Just Because by Nelson's Hawaiians, originally. It's an upbeat jiggy number. Okay, so I want to clarify something real quick for you all. I felt bad this whole time, right? Because I've I've only thought these songs were okay. Cause this is, And I felt bad because I'm like, this is Elvis. He's the king. Respect on his name. And can I clarify something? You get a lot of folks our age and younger who review old stuff like this, right? And unless you're someone who really, really likes the stuff, like, say, a rockabilly person, um, a lot of people treat this old stuff like it's just growing pains or just some cringy dated stuff. I want to clarify. I'm not like, okay, James isn't either, but I'm talking about me. I'm genuinely someone who can like things not from my era and appreciate their value. That being said, the song didn't really do anything for me. Five out of ten. What song? 
uh, just because track six. All right. I just wrote down Hawaii and roll, but I kind of vibed it. <laughs> I was listening to this. Like, you know what? This honestly doesn't. This honestly had a little bit more to it. So I give it a six out of ten. Track seven is Tutti Fruity by Little Richard. And I'll say this. This might be a little mean, but my notes here are um, it doesn't come close to the Little Richard version. And uh, he, he 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 does this. Elvis does this like weird thing in the song. I, I have it time stamped here in my phone because I was going to because I was going to I was going to play it on the podcast. It happens like 40 seconds in. Check this out. Okay, it's coming up right here. Listen. It's right here. I got a gal. I got a gal. Like, what the hell was that? But yeah, four out of ten. I didn't really care for it. So yeah, I well, I guess it was maybe Little Richard does the song a little bit better. But for me, I wrote down the song is annoying and it can't be used for torture. But it's four out of ten. <laughs> Little Richard does do it better. I'm just saying, dude. I'll I'll fucking go crazy if that song was in my fucking on repeat. What the fuck are you doing? A for I'm in again. Yeah, you want See, that on repeat, dude? I'll be ready to fucking like, dude. That's how serial killers are made. <laughs> See, now we're just full on roasting Elvis, which is what my dad wanted. So here you go, Dad. Happy early birthday. <laughs> This is my gift to you. Track eight. My despise of listening to the first Elvis full length. Uh, track eight is called Trying to Get to You. So it's originally by, I think, Rose McClory and like Charles Singleton. It's another slow country tune. And all I wrote here was, yo, is this Elvis or Conway Twitty? Five out of ten. Oh, song eight was hilarious. <laughs> in the words of Jackson in the car while listening to this track, he said, the sound like racism. This is the sound of racism. <laughs> I wrote down also or cultural appropriation. Four out of ten. This sounds like racism. Oh, that Zoomer. Uh, you know what the funny thing is? I just can't. I can't find myself to disagree though. Is that no, wrong? No, 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 no. The history of Elvis is definitely one of a uh, cultural appropriation in American oh, he's music. The, he's the poster boy for it. Yeah, that's just the fact of like, that's just the history of Elvis. And that's just it. Not much else. And this track, I don't know if it was a cover or what it was, <laughs> but for sure, if there was anything, the Beatles got the hit with, said it best. Yeah. The Beatles got hit with that kind of heart too. That's how they came up with that album title for their album, Rubber Soul, because some, because they, some, someone commented about them there. It's like, uh, you got these, these white guys playing this blues music. It's like plastic soul. And then the Beatles were looking at that with like the eye emojis on our phone. And so that's why they call their album Rubber Soul. So that's a fun fact. Track nine is I'm going to sit right down and cry parentheses over you by Howard Biggs. I'm like, okay, now Elvis, now Elvis is screwing with me. Cause this was literally me after the Raiders game today. It's fine, though. I gave it a 5 out of 10. Here's the thing about this album. Yes. I'm going to bring it out. Okay. This, this is going to play upbeat rock song uh-huh. and then slow ballad-like song. Yes. Very little variation. I wrote on God more of the same shit, 3 out of 10. I think I originally had... Yeah, I think this song I actually had more of the same written here originally, but I typed it out like, no, there's got to be something more to the song, right? No, there wasn't. Track 10 is I'll Never Let You Go, parentheses, Little Darling by Jimmy Wackley or Wakely, whatever. It, oh, it was this song. It was this song. I wrote it. More of the damn same. 
Slow country. This king is sounding like a clown. And I wrote here, okay, I don't actually mean that, but I already wrote it. So whatever. Four out of 10. Uh, for song 10, I wrote down this drone. Three out of 10. Oof. Track 11 is Blue Moon. I'll say it right now. Oh, by Rod- by Richard Rogers. I was like, so oh, wait, this song's in a cover? Uh, I no, I think this one no, this one is a cover. I was just saying, I was stoked when I first heard it because the song's in the movie Grease, and I like that movie. So I was like, oh hell yeah, Grease! I'll say this. Maybe I'm being too nice. I thought the song was better than the last few, um, and it's better than some of the other slow songs, and it showed his singing chops better. So I gave that one. I was nice. I gave this one a six. For song eleven, I actually think this. I wrote down. I think this song might actually be a classic song. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I felt the vibe. I'm like, yeah, you know what? The song can actually, you know, stand still, like stand on itself. Yeah. Then there was this vocal theremin like noise that he was doing. And it bothered me. I was going to give it a six out of 10, but the theremin noise, theremin vocal noise made me bring it to a five out of 10. That's valid. I was not in a friendly mood when I was watching this. I was really tired. <laughs> well, how do you think I felt? I listened to this album directly after the Raider game. <laughs> Wow, you're friendlier than me right now. But I, this is also four in the morning. Yeah. I am like... You in, had to deal with slow Denny's, stoners that almost got you pulled over. So No, no. Well, they didn't pull me over. I'm just saying if I did get pulled oh, over, yeah, there yeah. would have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just more like fucking stoners that are just like... I just wanted to take a break. I was so dead tired. It's like, hey, man, I'm about to pass out. Can you take over? Uh, dude, you sure you can't drive all the way? I know they don't sound like that. Yeah, I'm like, well, fucking hell. I'm glad they don't listen to this How podcast. wrecked are you? <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, I asked, like, can you just do 20 minutes? That's enough to get a power nap. Yeah, it's just me. It's like, let me just take a break, dude. Oh, I'm like, I was feeling it. Yeah. Because this thing, we would have been there sooner. I already went on the rant. Just continue on. Last song is by Jesse Stone called Money Honey. This is one of the other big songs off this record. Um, and I only know it because I recognize that intro, that dun-dun. Um, yeah, so besides Blue Suede and Shoes and Blue Moon, um, uh, it's it's one of the better songs on the album, and I think it's all right. Uh, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Well... <laughs> This I wrote down for song 12. Well, this album had a pattern, and this song proved it. And I wrote down the song was mid, 4 out of 10. Yeah, which apparently I was looking up. So this record is this record is actually just like Napalm Death this Scum. This record is... Uh... It's actually just like Napalm Death Scum. Not well, really, except but... that was done in two different recording sessions. Yeah, the first recording was in like 64. And then this other one, sorry, 54. And then the other one was later, obviously. And then it was released in 56. So I think that's interesting. Here's the thing. I have a feeling when I was looking up Elvis's greatest <laughs> hits to go through the songs, like, as I said, Viva Las Vegas, Suspicious Minds. Mm-hmm. I feel like later on he did write, like, actually cool, unique songs that stand the test of time. Yeah. I have a feeling the Beatles, the Beatles have wrote way more, way more, like, awesome songs, though. If you compare... The first Beatles record to this, oh, bro, it blows this one out the water. It really does. That's not just me being raised on the Beatles. I have a feeling Elvis was more of a fucking, like, more of a fucking whatever, like, music production machine. Mm -hmm. The Beatles was actually a unit of dudes. Yeah. (laughs) So, that leads kind of into my... Just, like, that's just my personal taste. But, no, culturally, I'm sure there was... Just sounds like an insult, but I'm sure there was a lot. I'm sure people didn't have a lot at the time. 
And Elvis was definitely something. That actually leads into my final thoughts on this record. And no, kind obviously, of, I look at other artists like Buddy Holly and all this stuff, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I have a feeling as Elvis got on in his career, he also wrote better songs, too, that, like, yeah. made, dude, like, Suspicious Minds and Viva Las Vegas. Oh, hell yeah, Like, dude. those songs sound nothing like what was on this record. <laughs> yeah. This sounded like... This sounded just like a dated timepiece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, even the Beatles have the Beatles have an album that is like almost entirely covers except for two or three original ones. It's called Beatles for Sale. A lot of people rank it as like their least favorite Beatles. Oh, no. Are they good? But I tell you, it's better than this. How no. Are they going to make a fucking movie about Elvis songs where like the whole world forgot that Elvis existed and only one dude only remembers and thus he becomes a cultural icon writing the like timeless songs that people has never heard? No, No, Elvis has never gotten that treatment. Yeah, no. The movie yesterday was a sick movie, though. That was a good movie. And it actually made me appreciate, like, you know what? I think I finally get the Beatles. I'm done being an ignorant person. <laughs> an ignorant, an ign- ignorant. An ignorant asshole. I get it. <laughs> and nothing will make things more funny than a dude covering the Beatles and Ed Sheeran getting And pissed. Ed Sheeran's the bad guy, dude. That's such a novelty. No, the bad guy was fucking Kate McKinnon no. being the record label I personnel. know, but I really like to tell people the bad guy's Ed Sheeran because that gets people interested in the movie. Yeah, no, it was hilarious. Like, no, I, we're going to have a song off. And he does a song. It's like. There's two great moments in that movie. One of them is when he meets John Lennon. And then the second is when he Googles Oasis and they just don't exist. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. But yeah, so if you out of a score of 120, if we if I tally up my score, which I did. Um, which you did. This album. Gets a 64, which (laughs) I hate to say, I almost felt like I was too nice on some of these songs in retrospect. And again, I feel bad because I know the first thing that someone older would say if they heard this was, well, you guys weren't there. There weren't, there was nothing like this at the time. Yes, there was. The problem is there was no one doing it significantly that was white. And I hate saying that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm genuinely not. But a spade to spade, bro. <laughs> Elvis, I'm not going to say appropriated, because even though that's properly, probably correct. The proper, appropriate term. He, he took things that were being done by uh, black musicians, great black musicians. Was it his idea or was it the machine backing him? From what I can tell, it's both because the machine had been doing that for a long time already. Yeah. So he wasn't the root cause of it. He was just like the most noteworthy cog. The record studios didn't even get called out on that until like the 80s. But by then, no no actual legal thing got settled until like the 2000s. And even then, there's still hundreds. But my point is, is that he came at a time where music was kind of... This is well, chilling. Here, well, here's the thing. This is kind of primitive stages of music. Well, this is definitely some primitive it's stages. Primitive stages for our music, for sure. Primitive stages of pop culture, of like pop music. Yeah. For sure. The Elvis made, ro- helped make rock and roll what people would back then consider dangerous. And I'll say this Elvis is a handsome man. He's a very handsome man, and I know you know this, yes, but to I'm anyone aware. but to anyone that doesn't, it was his dancing and hip shaking that was really do you know this story? There were TV stations where they when they had him perform, they only shot him from the waist up because his hips had such an him shaking his hips had such an effect on the ladies. 
Oh, how the times were more simple. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I've always had a mod- a great, I almost said modicum, but that's too low. I have a great amount of respect for Elvis because how can you not? If anyone, it's still- I have respect, but I feel like there's better songs than what we were this presented is- on this album. Robert Dimtree, you're full of shit. Well, <laughs> this here, no, this wait, is wait, not wait, wait, wait. Elvis's best foot forward. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. He had to come up with a thousand one albums, bro. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure there's other Elvis albums in here, which is what I'm grabbing right now. I, I'm sure there's other Elvis albums in here, but like that might be more interesting. I feel like that'll yeah. be sick. But this was primitive time periods. Yeah, I just want to get my thoughts because I don't know if we'll ever come back to Elvis, and I'm pretty sure we don't want to do the Elvis track because he has a lot of albums. <laughs> so yeah thank god they're short yeah so that's my thought Here's on, a, at least that i'll give credit to holy fuck it's not fucking overblown and self-indulgent yeah it's 12 songs in 28 minutes i said this last week but that's basically a punk record i was like oh thank god like here's thing listen to him like thank god these songs are short yeah it could be way worse yes it could we've listened to way worse yes all right it's album time here we go but yeah i just wanted to get my final thoughts on well i already said them i'm just clarifying i want to get my final thoughts on elvis out there just in case i never get a chance to talk about him again yeah so yeah i respect him but i know for a fact this is not his best foot okay so left right forward back triple d on the attack let's get a good one yeah it looks like we're going in the 90s you're not going to believe this. It opened up on the G-Love and Special Sauce page. Is it the same fucking record? No, it, it, it was it was the other one. Wait, there's fucking two? Yeah. Well, there's a... I see out like... um. Well, so yeah, we've done the G-Love and the Special Sauce. Yeah. Which I'm not doing that one. <laughs> what the fuck's this one? It's called Ali Farka Torre with Rye Cooter. Talking Timbuktu. All right, who wants to read it, me or you? Actually, you just did a long rant on Elvis. I'll do the reading. Sure. I need to talk a little bit. Well, I did talk a lot earlier, but that was that that was me being that was more me being depressing. Fuck this record, sixty minutes long. <laughs> do you want me to spin again? No, 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 no. We will honor our stipulations. Okay. So, how the fuck do you say this, Ali Farka Torre? With Rye Cooter. Rye Cooter. Rye Cooter. Okay. The label was on World Circuit. Producer Rye Cooter. Art direction. Intro. What the fuck is this? All right, whatever. <laughs> Do you need help? No. Uh, all you need to know, the, all I need to know is the runtime is 60 minutes and I'm like dreading. How many tracks though? 10. Oh, shit. <laughs> Holy fuck. There's like three. Oh, my fucking God. No. Literally, the first song is five minutes, 28 seconds. Not bad. Next song, six minutes and five seconds. Mm, okay. The, the song after is seven minutes. Oh. The next song, three minutes and 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Now, this is the worst one. Nine minutes and 23 seconds. Ooh. Then six minutes and six seconds. Five minutes and 42 seconds. Two minutes and 32 seconds. And then both the last songs are seven minutes long. That is an oof, friendo. All right. Here's what the book says. One of the first albums to float the rock scene's understanding of world music. This collaboration brought a Grammy to a farm in West Africa and questioned beliefs on the Americanness of the blues. Oh, God. A blues record. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Torres 
surfaced in Europe by recordings he had made for Radio Mali, which somehow fell into all of the right hands. Musicians, DJs, critics were shocked by this music, clearly linked to the source of the blues. So, close, so, uh, uh, all right, source of the blues. So close that many still argue that African, that the African was, sorry, I'm like freaking got a pop filter in my face and I keep like freaking getting like cockeyed. I still argue that the African was influenced by African Americans. He denies it saying this is a traditional style that had been carried across the land saying this is a traditional style that had been carried across the Atlantic by slavery. The London-based World Circuit label founded Torre and started recording him. Cooter got in touch with the two men with the two men meet up in London in the summer of 92. The next step was obvious but took a while to get organized. Torre would rather spend his time on his farm than tour and play concerts. Tori immediately got bad vibes from the studio. As a child, he had been possessed. He as a child, he had been possessed by demons, <laughs> which gave him his musical gift, and now was being spooked. Shit, dude, this does sound like a blues record. He could not play a Cooter Santa. Mon- he could not play a Cooter Santa Monica house for fear for upsetting the spirits in the ocean. In Hollywood, <laughs> hungry spirits roamed the studio. <laughs> he seemed happy, explained Cooter, but there were some deep things troubling him. The two played around with tunes and arrangements until something relaxed appeared. But the most important question was answered in their improvis- like improvisations. Whatever they, whatever their provenance, Tori really did have the blues. Well, that took a fucking turn. Oh, dude, this is a blues record. Hell yeah. Ah, fuck, it took a turn. Right it's probably going to be way better than G-Love. Oh, God. oh, no. We'll see if him being possessed by demons as a child, like, plays through. I was not suspecting reading that. That definitely took a turn. I tell you, if that first song opens up with that one blues slide that goes, I'm going to turn off the record. No, you're fucking listening to the record. Eat shit. Oh, man. All right. So, cool. Next week is Talking Timbuktu by Ali Farkaturay. Ture. Does now, does now we get to the main, we get to the main, do we get to. This is, is a long time. Fuck, this is going to be. This time is time. What? For the main event? Yes, it's time for the main event. Oh, we promise you a great main event here tonight, everybody. All right, people. All right, let's get into it. Sorry, this is a long podcast. I don't give a fuck. Just use the timestamps, believe me. Or if you just want to spend two hours with us to just brain dead have in the background, believe me, we're here for you. We I'm are pretty sure there's worse podcasts. For the most part. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're. We're your friends in visual audio forum. Yes. I don't know in real life. You can hit me up out of nowhere, believe me. <laughs> You I could try. I always That's how I randomly started doing a black belt project with some dude in Georgia. Hell yeah, dude. I'm approachable enough. Yeah, and I'm a guy. Unless there's some random like trick I met like freaking like like matched on Tinder and then I saw your like advertising advertising your massage business. Which <laughs> what? then I opened in a message going, Hey, do you just hustle sad fucks on Tinder for your massage business? <laughs> and then I wrote down, also, do you like grilled cheese sandwiches? <laughs> That's, I wasn't expecting anything you just said. 
I didn't wake up today thinking you were going to say any of that. <laughs> so that's, you surprised me. All right. So, <laughs> so now our Jason Statham Trek, Trek, I almost said trauma. Our Jason Statham Trek journey. Oh, this movie can't be fucking traumatic. Okay. So I'm going to say this. I don't know how you took notes, but I thought it would be appropriate to the crank experience. I watched this in one go. No pauses. To really capture the energy of this movie. I had a pause. Come on. I tried really hard to make sure I missed nothing. That's all I'll say. Did you pause? Well, I had to piss a few times, but besides that. Yeah. All right. In spirit, okay? All right. So what do we so we watched what crank from what crank? Two, year, 2006? 2000, he stalls for time as he pulls it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, I told you. It was 2006. Fuck. This is actually a movie has a hilarious trailer, but I don't want to set up my aux cable setup again. So I'm fucking good. My name is Chev. Yeah, Chev, whatever. My name is Chev. the day that I die. My name is Chev Chelios. And today is the day I die. Today is the day that I die. So the movie opens up with Quiet Riot's Bang Your Head in the title card. It looks like a video game. And I'm like, yo, screw Transporter. This is hype. Yeah, I wrote down fucking Lionsgate. And we have Quiet Riot for the title intro. Okay, neat. So it's funny. You remember how, so, remember how in Transporter 3 you said that like the shooting fast forwarding was looking like a freaking like laggy Call of Duty connection? We opened up the movie with a janky Call of Duty internet connection because we opened up with like a first person view angle and there's a whole bunch of like glitches and stilts and stutteries that happen and throughout That's the movie. That's some fucking like you either call artistic editing or something. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm not gonna lie. This movie gets this movie's kind of a weird movie. At least in like the technical aspects, how it's made. Yeah, it was very. I think the point now. To be fair, I think the idea was okay. We're gonna throw this weird auditory visual shit that's gonna mess with people's brains and eyes. But I think the point of that was to try to like help emulate you into Jason Statham's freaking adrenaline junkie rage because I felt immersed. You felt immersed. No, don't get me wrong. There's, here's I, the I, thing, don't, you, I don't like everything they did. Here's the thing. We open up with a first-person view of Statham's character, and we see what we, we suspect is Jason Statham's character. Yeah. And there is a CD, There is a freaking DVD he picks up, and it says, Fuck you. Well, okay. <laughs> we see our bad guy, who looks like a combination of my brother Javier and what the average person might think a man named Manuel right. looks like. So, let's go do our bad guy bingo. Okay. We did the Transporter movies. The first one, Shitty Goatee Guy. Yes. That freaking uh, Chachin Colombian man. And then the third one was Was, a balding hair man with a raspy voice. Yeah, raspy voice, receding hairline. Yes. Now, sorry, I'm being distracted by outro music because it freaking accidentally came on. Now, how do I put this? We have a clean cut cholo lad wearing a Gucci suit. That is very angry. Is this Pitbull? This guy is like a very angry Pitbull. <laughs> That's who Pitbull kind of looks like my brother Javi too. Which so. that isn't also another like random bad guy character type. Yeah. Let's have the very angry friggin' let's have the very angry Hispanic man that has nice things, that has nice clothes. Isn't that the bad guy Hot. from the second Friday movie? Well, 
he wasn't wearing a suit. That's true. He had a nice house, though. Yeah, he had a nice house, and he had a beanie over his eyes the whole entire time. <laughs> and the hilarious fucking thing, he's about to fucking dick down some chick, <laughs> and he just whips out, he's like whipping out his fucking man thong. He's like, that's right, lady. Say hello to my mini-me. <laughs> no, it was like, say hello. No, he's like, Dino quote Scarface. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> and then just jumps on her. But we're here to talk about Crank, not freaking Friday. Friday, or uh, so like he's next, like, or the Friday after next. So this guy, well, no, who Friday. we later learn, this guy's uh, name is Ricky. He comes out, he's like, "Hey, say, man, I met you. You've been poisoned to say I just killed you. You killed my boss, fool. Now I inject you with some." And this is a real line: some sci-fi Chinese synthetic bullshit. That's the real line he says. This is literally what the movie like. We are just. We're not, we're not fucking around. So in a rage, Jason breaks his TV and grabs his cell phone and rushes out of the house. Yes. Also, we find out, yeah, this is where we find out Statham, like Statham's character's name's Chev Chilios. We could either call him Statham, but I don't know. Chev Chilios is a very, like, specific. What the fuck kind of name is Chilios? I don't fucking know. <laughs> have you ever heard, have you ever heard of that name before? Yeah. You have? No, no, no I haven't. That's why I said well, Chilios. I it, well, technically, yes, because we watched this movie. Okay, but yeah, so, I, I, let's see. I, yeah, my, he breaks his TV, but I also wrote down, now a new metal Rampage, and then him, just him breaking his TV, and then rampaging through whatever fucking building as he's running to his car. Statham speeding down the highway now. Well, no, no, he runs to his car, and some dude's bitching at his parking job, like, hey, did you park your car here? And he just straight up runs him over. <laughs> So now he's trying to make a he's phone call. He's an anti-hero, okay? So now he's trying to make a phone call to his lady. Who doesn't answer. Who or nor does have a cell phone. Yeah. Doesn't have a cell phone. And Which, to be fair, that's actually not too unrealistic in the year 2006. Smartphones might not be out yet. And besides, Give it a couple more years. Besides, what are you going to do? You're going to use a Blackberry? <laughs> Come on. Come on. But yeah, so that doesn't work. So then he calls his doctor who isn't in because he's got strippers. Yeah, no. So he's trying to make a phone call to a doctor, but he's not available because we then get a shot of him having a topless Asian massage. Yeah. It is L.A. No, he was in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then I wrote, there's a point where I wrote here, fuck, there's so much happening. It's hard to keep taking notes, but, but fuck it. This is crank. One take, baby. So I actually then, wrote that. So then caps. like after like he, like a bus on him getting phone calls, Statham almost nods off in his car, but then he just stomps on the gas to get his heart rate going. And the punk rock song comes on and he calls some homie who's like, who's like a, who's like a stripper. No, so he calls us some dude where he asked him last where he was last night, and we get a weird edit shot of him at an erotic club. Oh. Or a gay club. I don't know. He was just basically dancing down. This is a uh, like literally his friend who has info on the who has info on the streets, which friggin' Damn, I lost my word. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> I apologize. He has info on the street. His character his character archetype is that he is a gay lad. He walks yes. around in a crop top and boot cut and boot cut bedazzled jeans. You know, minus the jeans, isn't that how isn't that how Seb dresses? He doesn't wear boot cut jeans. That's what I mean, except for the jeans. Yeah, but like, wait, no, with a crop top? He, well, he wears crop. He has he has like punk rock. He has like disc rock crop. Yeah, tops. Yeah, but also Seb's like also Seb's by though. He oh, rocks yeah, crop right. tops too. That's right. Yeah, he was just like telling me I like one of the dude. He has a mad crush on one of the dudes from the garden. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, he's like, dude, I have a huge crush on him. Oh yeah. I'm like, whatever. Cool, you dude. go king. Go king. <laughs> that's, that's basically, 
So, yes. so he goes to so he goes so this guy's name's Orlando, right? He goes to his hood. No, no, no. He like no. We're so, like sorry. We're back on like fuck. Whoever like the dude he was asking that was at the oh, gay right. club. He yells at him. Was like to find out. Put word on the street that that Chud Chelios is out to find Ricky and murder him dead. That yeah. That that's what that's what. So it then said. we get a shot or like edit that says he goes to Orlando's hood. Then finds the what I guess is Orlando, and we have Statham just yelling at him at gunpoint, asking where Ricky is. Yeah, he said. Yeah, he, and this is an exact quote. He said, "Tell me where Ricky is. I'm gonna blow your blow your brains in the fucking toilet." Statham's very intense, dude. He's so intense in this movie. Like, 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 like. I can't even make words. Just yeah, he's 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 great. Well, yeah, obviously he's trying to like murder someone before he dies. Yeah. So in like the sense that he's on a time, like he's stressed for time, I can almost believe it. But this is almost cartoony. This is like almost cartoony how intense he is. Oh, dude. Because then like just randomly, all the peeps in the bu- and like the like because here's the thing, he like bum rushes this Orlando lad into the bathroom at gunpoint, try to yell where Ricky is, and then we get like the whole bar of peeps with guns in Statham's face. <laughs> yeah, and then um Which just all ends with Orlando saying he doesn't know where Ricky is. Yeah, and then Statham's like, fuck! And then he started and then he then he then he he's 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 going, right? He's like, Oh shit, I'm woozy. Then Jason Statham asks the man, Do you, Do you have, have any coke? And then Jason Statham snorts cocaine. Well, here's the thing. It's like he asked for Coke. Orlando says, yeah, sure. Pay for it. He just throws cash at him. He tries to crack open the Coke, spills it on the bathroom floor, and then he just snorts it anyway. And Orlando's like, what are you doing, bro? I think you can see that, like, you know, Statham's not good. And for some reason, the Coke's not doing enough. So he just starts, like, brawling with everyone in the bar. He says, and I quote, I need to kick some black ass. Yeah, and then he just starts fighting them. Here's the thing about this movie: Do we even get much of like like freaking con- like freaking like kickboxing kick Statham? I feel like he just randomly just like no. It was mostly scrappy brawling and shooting dudes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: the transporter movies were trying to be good. <laughs> Crank was just like, let's just see what happens. Let's just let's just, do- let's, just let's just have balls to the wall energy. Okay, so then he, uh, so as he drives away, he gets a call from Ricky. He's like, "Fuck, you ain't dead yet." Also, he threatens his girlfriend, who we don't meet yet, but it's but is played by Amy. And it's basically, yeah, they yell "fuck you" at each other while also giving exposition, some exposition. Yeah. Then Jason Statham gets a call from the doctor. Yes, and um, well, as he, he's being I, chased by the cops. Yes, he just randomly starts getting chased by the cops. He gets a call through from the doctor, and then he just starts fucking driving through a mall. Yeah, because the doctor's like, wait, where are you right now? And then he's just like, and he's like, um, it's like, sorry, driving through a mall. And then, yeah, like, he's driving through a mall like he's one of the Blues Brothers. Yeah, while also getting chased by the cops and eventually crashing his car on a friggin' escalator. <laughs> yeah, crashes the car on the escalator. He gets out, right? And he's running frantically through the mall. Then he's running through a back area. Then next thing I know, he's... he's he just uh, jumps in a taxi. He's like, drive! He's like, okay, okay. But then J.C. Stathy is feeling sicky-wicky. And then... With his achy-breaky heart. Yeah, and then I watched Jason Statham rock the hell out to achy-breaky heart by freaking uh, 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 Billy Ray Cyrus. 
Because <laughs> literally, the song's like, don't tear apart my achy. And he's like, Jesus, dude, I'm just going nuts shit in the background. He's like banging his head on the car on the back seat. He's just like, yeah, yeah. He's trying to fucking, he's trying to like rock the fuck out. The Billy Ray Cyrus doesn't go that hard for that song. No one does. But when you're like, when you're like dying, you might as well, I guess, or at least to try to get your heart rate going. So then he stops at a gas station to load the fuck up on caffeine. <laughs> Yeah, he holds up the place and just swipes. We're talking energy, energy. Uh, sorry, energy drinks. Yeah, energy drinks. Red Bulls, Yerba's, the whole gimmick, all the fucking shit, just to fucking get like as much fucking like caffeine. His as girlfriend still won't answer the phone, and now he's going to Beverly Hills. Well, which we also forgot when he was being chased through the mall, getting a call from the, his doctor. Yeah, he asked his about doctor Carlito. Also, yeah, no, he like he asked about Carlito, but also his doctor gave him information. Or did he find out about the stuff? I think he just pseudo like tell him like what as he far was as told. I from what I because I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't just because I went through one scene. This movie was really dodgy on exposition. From what I can understand, the guy that he goes to visit here in Beverly Hills, Carlito, is his old boss. Is his old boss, and he knows well, this is his boss. Yeah, and. He he was like, oh, uh, and he knows Ricky's tight with him. So he was going to well, go talk a, to him and say, see what's up. Well, he just goes like, no, he goes talk to him. And he's like, why are you working for Ricky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next thing I Which know. Then he like blames Statham for like doing his job. Like he went to go kill a lad. Yeah. Which then has brought some like mad heat in the criminal underground from Hong Kong. Yes. They're, they're dealing. They're dealing with uh, Chinese underground. Yeah. Triads. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the next one in Beverly Hills. And the next thing I know, Jason Statham is crashing a pool party. Yeah, no, like literally we meet this, like what is Carlito, his pad, which also has topless women. He literally he has goes, a chat chin. Yeah. Pseudo chat chin. He like dives into the water and then out of nowhere, Statham appears in the water. I'm like, well, fuck, that's terrifying. That really is. You and know, he just points at him and then he points up and I'm just like, bro. So yeah. Statham's a scary man. So yeah, well, fucking Chev Chelios is a very <laughs> scary fucking crazed man. Yeah, yeah. So he's asking him and he's just like, why'd you do this? And he's like, dude, I didn't do this. You know that hit you did that pissed off people in Hong Kong. Now they're coming after you. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Whatever. And then after some dialogue, I'm not from them. I'm not kidding. Jason Statham makes this really strange noise. Like there's pause and he goes, yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> he makes that weird, yeah. As they're just floating in the pool. So that's yeah. So okay, then freaking like like Statham goes back to the cab. Oh, this the dude's trying to ask him to like pay or whatever. No, no, it's because he's wet from the pool. He's like, hey man, you're not getting in my car. And this is a I I'm led to believe. Well, it's a brown fella. I'm led to believe that he's Middle Eastern because what Jason Statham does, he jacks his cab, but he doesn't just jack the cab. He's, he grabs, yeah, no, it's like the lad's Middle Eastern or uh, Western Asia. Yeah, and he grabs the guy. Throws him on the floor on, on on the street. He looks at random people and yells Al Qaeda, and then random white people beat the shit out of this cab driver as he jacks it. Yes, this is the movie, not us. To be specific. there's a couple things in this movie that didn't age that well, especially some lines of dialogue this from Statham. This movie has not aged well. Period. Especially some lines of dialogue from Statham, but that was up there. That was top five. Top four through one are coming up, though. Yes. Okay, so the doctor calls again. He's like, bro, you need to break into a hospital. And you need to get this, like, synthetic adrenaline. Ethany or something? Dude, I had a hard time to remember it. It was it was EPH something. 
So he then he gets a call from his homie Orlando. That's not Orlando. Orlando was the black lad. Oh, right. I'm sorry. sorry. For this he, club. He gets a call. <laughs> there was no name. Yeah. I think I got it later, but fuck. I just had him as the gay lad. Well, gay lad calls him, but then it cuts out. Yeah. But then he calls back. And yeah. he's like, hey, yo, that dude. Uh, I thought Ricky was at this taco place, but it's not. It's his brother. Yeah, he calls. He's like, hey, so I see Ricky's brother is like grabbing some dank tacos, bro. Well, he's at a restaurant because the gay lad's grabbing some dank tacos at a taco truck. Yeah. So Statham meets in there and he goes to confront the guy. Um, and, the, and I wrote here because I was confused at the time in my notes. I'm like, he goes to confront Ricky or wait. No, that's not Ricky. Who is this guy? Parentheses. Make sure to ask James. Oh, shit. All I know is, is that is that foreigner comes on. And Statham ambushes Ricky's brother. In the kitchen. Yeah, they're running through the kitchen. Statham grabs a meat cleaver and slices his hand. Off. Like, completely off. And then, yeah. He tries to question him. And then I wrote here, bro, Jason Statham's fighting a buff Mexican dude set to foreigner. This is hype. So then, yeah. So so then. And then the gay homie appears. And then distracts him. And then by hitting him over the head with a bottle. And then Mexican dude's going in for the kill. But then Jason just walks up behind him and shoots him in the back of the head with a gun. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He he grabs the gun from the sliced hand from Ricky's brother. Ricky's brother's sliced hand. And then, yeah, shoots him dead. Yeah. And now here's moment number four that didn't age that well. Jason calls up Ricky and he's like on his brother's cell phone. Yeah. And he's like, hey, your brother's dead. I'm coming for you. And then because they had matching rings or jewelry or whatever. And then Jason uh, refers to both of them as homophobic slurs that start with an F and then hangs up. And I wrote here, I'm just like, oh, Jason. So, yeah, now Jason then arrives at a hospital to get his synthetic. Next thing I know, we were in a hospital. Yeah, I guess we're just at. Yeah, next thing now, we're just at a hospital. He like goes up to like to grab the, the prescription or whatever. They ask for like a synthetic adrenaline. They deny him because I guess it's a friggin'. Um, isn't well, isn't it like a secret new thing? Well, it's like a secret new thing, but also I don't think you can get it like prescribed to people. Well, here's the thing. They've always had like some kind of adrenaline shots. That's how like Nikki Six like was revived in the EMT. That's right. He was looking for something to kickstart his Yeah, no, fucking EMTs. They won't like help like put your shoulder back in place or freaking help you on that. But they'll jack you up on morphine. Well, not morphine. Or more fucking morphine and stab adrenaline needles in you. No, no, no. The medical system in this country is weird. Don't worry. EMTs do do a good job. And they are heroes. Oh, no, they are. I just know one douchebag that was an EMT. (laughs) Hey, look, his band isn't even all that good, so it's fine. Eh, People like this band. I just don't care for it too much. Yeah, well, people like these nuts. How about that? (laughs) I guess some people do like your nuts. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Okay, so... Uh, so yeah, so, the, like when so he's then, asking the lady for like a synthetic adrenaline, she says no. Then he jacks a bunch of meds and storms no, 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 to the no, no, hospital no. because there's a dude that tells him, "Hey, nasal spray has enfernamine." Basically, like nasal spray has little traces of like that synthetic adrenaline that he needs. Well, that's so, why he grabbed those. Yeah, so he just grabbed a bunch of nasal sprays and just <laughs> snubbed them down. They like get that adrenaline he needs to get going. Yeah. But then we see Statham's being hunted by cops in the hospital. So then he like hides off in a room and then puts on a friggin' uh, hospital gown. Then, yeah, he jacks the gown, but then the security finds him again. Yeah, because he tries to blend in, but it kind of doesn't fail. He's also walking with a hospital gown and also has a gun right like up in his armpit, too. 
Like, not suspicious at all. The disguise worked for like 10 seconds. But yeah, so he so he, so he, he takes that, and then he comes up to these Why? guys wheeling this dude who looks like he's in pretty critical condition, and he's like, do you have the fucking Endeavor Leverlin? Yeah, it friggin' Endeavor Eminin or whatever the fuck. I tried to write it here, but- Just it, say synthetic and, adrenaline. Okay, so he's like, do you have it? And then and then he's trying, to, so the guy's trying to look for it, and says just yeah. holding up at gunpoint. Yeah, he's holding up Dennis from always sunny that's who that is yeah this is the same actor look it up huh okay yeah no he's holding up dennis at gunpoint from always sunny yelling at him those like give me the motherfucking synthetic adrenaline also when he gets to a finally an elevator while holding him off that at gunpoint. was glenton howerton yeah well look at that he got held up by Jason Statham. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, while well, he's like holding, like while well, he's holding Dennis at gunpoint and also yelling at the cops to back the fuck up, he also has Dennis set up by the freaking defibrillator and shocks his heart. To make- it shocks him so hard he flies into the elevator. Yeah, as the elevator closes and he go, uh, like he's like going down. So okay. he then injects the synthetic adrenaline. Okay. And can which I say? Is- yeah, you go. <laughs> what happened next? Is what I can only describe as Jason Statham gets superpowers. Here's the thing. Do you remember how in Transporter no, 3? His I doctor said, tells him he needs to have like 10 milligrams, specific amount of adrenaline. Statham couldn't remember, so. He injected he, the whole thing. He, yes. You remember how I said in Transporter 3 review, I said I was ready to say Jason was faster than a speeding car? Now he really is faster than a speedy car. He sprints through the entirety of Los Angeles. <laughs> Literally, he checks the adrenaline, which he might have done too much, and then he decides to go on a marathon. He decides to sprint a marathon. He, <laughs> the doctor then calls him, and he's like literally running. He's like, I'm on the way. How much did you inject? I don't know. You inject the whole thing, didn't you? Yeah. He's like, yeah. right, he's like, all right, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, the, the doctor, sorry, are you hot? He's like, check. He's like, are you cold? Yeah. Check. Do you have a raging heart on? Yeah. Check. <laughs> check. And then, yeah, there's a, there's a part where he stops by like a news broadcast yeah, being like, brought out on TV. And yeah, then, like people are like hanging out outside as there's a news, news broadcast. And there's a though. dude standing next to him that recognizes him. He looks at Statham, looks down and sees, yeah, his raging heart on and he gets scared. No, it's also funny because the TV, because they're talking about some man's just going on a rampage through the city. They also, here's an amateur sketch. That shit was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I almost want that to be the thumbnail. I might have that be the thumbnail. That shit was a fucking hilarious sketch. And can I just say, Statham kind of has a big wiener. At least they like imply he's got At a big... At least that's what it looks like. That, no, the, it the, wasn't, movie, it wasn't, no, the movie implies he got a big dick. It's not as big as John Cena's in Trainwreck. No, no. Not Statham. Well, I don't know how big Statham's penis is. I'm not going to find out. But the character of Jeff Chelios... Has a big penis. They really imply that too. They really do it later. Okay, so next thing that happens is Jason jacks a bike cop's gun. Then he throws the gun away, jacks the bike. He's speeding off. He's doing donuts. And now he's and now this is what happens. He's driving, driving. He's then just he's, mobbing on a motorcycle. The next thing you know, he's standing on the thing. He's t posing yeah, like it's a, fucking Titanic. That or I just wrote down he's doing the Christ stand on a bicycle, just stripped standing on it. I'm like, impressive trick, bro. And, and then wrote, just crashes through a cafe. And I wrote here, damn, Jason has a hairy ass. 
I guess you're looking at Statham's hairy ass. He then gets a call back from Amy Smart. Yeah, who uh, her name was Eve, but I'm going to be honest. I, I just called her Amy Smart. Yeah. So, yeah, he gets a call from her and Jason. No, well, okay, he didn't say this, but he basically told her, I've been infected with a deadly virus. <laughs> but, you know, he does say, I've been fatally poisoned and there's someone on their way to torture and murder you, uh, to, tor- to most likely torture and murder you. I'll be right there. Can you fry me up a waffle? I'm going to say that again. I've been fatally poisoned, and there's probably someone on their way there to torture and murder you. I'll be there. I'll be right there. Can you fry me up a waffle? Ha ha ha, lol, babe. Some of that was a little paraphrased, but the waffle bit was legit. <laughs> and then yeah, and then yeah, she's just like, because she just woke up. She's like, uh, okay, okay. So after a quick scene of Ricky Rick- being sad that looking uh, at his brother's like decapitated hand, <laughs> yeah, Jason shows up at Amy Smart's apartment as she's about to get high with a duber. Yes. Or she's about, she's about to smoke some weed. Yeah. Which also Statham appears in a garbage Puma tracksuit. <laughs> she Dude. goes like, is this your new look? Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. When I think of Jason Statham, I think of him I, for years now. The first thing I think of is the nice suit. The second thing I think of is his Puma tracksuit. <laughs> it looks great on him. It just, it, it, it adds. It's because he's baldy. He's got to just, he's got his weird bald He looks though. like he needs to be popping a, popping a slob squat right now. He's just, all he needed was the Adidas shoes. So, yeah. <laughs> Amy Smart also, like, in this apartment, like, Statham's trying to rush her out so she doesn't get hit by, like, doesn't get freaking killed by Hitman. She is really insistent on him to change the clock on the microwave. Yeah. Because daylight savings time. By the way, can you fix this for me? Yeah, yeah, but we got to go somewhere. Okay, but can you fix that for me? All right, I'll do it later. We've got to... No. Okay, fine. So he goes to do it, but his, he's starting to fade already. And So he then burns his hand in the waffle iron to get oh, his heart That was the again. worst shit in this movie I had to watch. Which I'm sure sounds tame to other stuff, but dude... He just throws his hand in the waffle iron, just brings it down, and then Homeboy's got like a third degree burn now. Or a second, whatever. So whatever. Amy is getting dressed. And he almost backhands Amy Smart. Yes. Ish. He never like does that. Come on. He, well, no, he Chef almost Chelos does. Chef Chelos is a gentleman to his base. No, he's fu- Well, to her, yeah. He's yeah, fine. so her. For now. Whatever. Then Statham sees Goons arrives. Yeah, and then one of them tries to call Amy to like confirm she's there. On the gate there. call, yeah, on the, uh, at the gate. Because he's doing like a gate call because of the apartment complex. I thought for a second you were saying gay. Gate. So I thought you were saying he was giving her a gay call. He's giving her a gay call at the but, gay. But yeah, so what happens is is uh, she turns around to take the call. Jason's like, oh, fuck. Well, he doesn't say that, but you can see it in his eyes. He runs out, finds the well, guy. He sprints out. Yeah, sprints out, finds the guy, kicks his ass, and then runs well, he back. He just smashes his dome into the fucking, like, phone booth. Yeah, yeah. And then he just runs back in time before Amy notices that he was gone. But then he notices somebody else. He notices the second goon. So he just takes Amy Smart's purse and just dumps all the contents out. Accidentally, like, oh, damn, babe. Sorry. Oh, sorry. And then starts brawling with this dude that has a silencer, and then it's like, Drowns him in the pool. No, he like snaps his neck and then tosses the body in the pool. And then and she's back. She's like, can I have a little, can I have a little help? He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. There you go. I can help you, baby. So they keep going, right? Now they're in Chinatown. And, the, and I they're wrote like here. They're grabbing lunch. And I write here. I'm like, yo, look at these fucking crabs. 
They look tasty. And then we see a pigeon's heartbeat, and now they're sitting down for lunch as he inhales some stuff. He's just, like, munching on... F- yeah, no, he's, like, freaking, like, still, like, freaking blasting the nasal spray Yeah, into his nostrils. She doesn't say it here, but she says it a few minutes later. She's like, what's wrong with you? You're like an adrenaline junkie with no soul. <laughs> that was great. Whoa. But, but, yeah, he tells her how, I kill people. I'm a hitman. Yeah, so he breaks out the truth that what he actually does. He tells her, so... You know how I was telling you I was a video game programmer? Well, I'm actually an assassin for hire. Bro, Crank might as well be That's a video a, like, game. I'm like, well, those are two different job occupations. This is basically... And you, like, does Jason Statham look like he's a video game programmer? This movie is like if Trevor from GTA 5 got his own movie. Here's the thing. If you watch Matrix 4... <laughs> what? Wait, have you... Well, like, no, I'm a sidetrack. In okay. Matrix 4, well... Since Neo is still like in it when Neo's in the Matrix and like the denial part, right. his character says that he is a video game programmer. And I could believe Keanu Reeves looking like I a video. I could believe Keanu Reeves is a video game programmer. If he has if he has his John Wick look, yeah. Actually, it'd be more believable if he had like looked how he used to with the short hair. Here's the thing, Keanu Reeves, anyway he looks like highly believable, he looks like a video game programmer. Yeah. Jason Statham does not look like a video game programmer. I just imagine like Jason Statham being in a vid- in a video game, but he's like the tutorial character, and he's just like you press X to jump, but can but you probably could have figured that out. And he's like doing the combat story. He's like, all right, press the square button to block, and you don't know, get blocked. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So either way, he tells her that he's an assassin for hire. He then gives exposition that he was on a triad hit. He was going to hit the number one. He was going to kill the number one man in L.A. But he rolls up to him and we find out he did not actually kill him. Yeah. He instead tells him leave town, which then because he realizes I don't like being a hitman. I have a total babe in Amy Smart. Yeah. I'm going to like just ditch town and start a new life. So. Freaking, he, he's like telling her, he's telling Amy this. They, yeah, yeah. Ugh, damn it. Yeah, and then all I told she- that I fucked up because I was like looking at my notes. He like freaking says this, but he also re- also says, this was my plan, but I'm now dying. Yeah, and he was like, and I was hoping we would be able to go away somewhere. And all she got out of all of that was, you're taking me on a vacation? like no baby he's like well i'm going on a vacation but you can't come with me then it run then it turn then it cuts to her running out of the restaurant upset she, she just storms out because she thinks like you know you could just say that you're breaking up with me okay okay here we go all right now we're at the most probably on the most famous or definitely infamous part of the movie this is thing that did not age well for this movie number one so he is fading like he is like yeah almost dead and then he's like he looks at her and he goes do you trust me she goes no and he goes make love to me make love to me what no and then In in front of God, country, and my eyes. In Chinatown of LA. He forcibly seduces her into public sex. Because at first she's like, oh, she's like straight up being like, no, no, stop, no. But then she gets into it. She's like, she kind of gets into it because he's like, he kind of like fades down, but then he like puts the moves and then she kind of gets into it. Yeah, she gets into it. Because Jason Statham is just that 
such an alpha man. She can't resist alpha on man, a raw, primal, instinctual level. She can't turn down Jason Statham's musk. This is the guy. No, it's this isn't Statham. This is Chef Chelios. Remember what I said in Transporter Three? I found out that Frank from Transporter was supposed to was originally supposed to be gay, but they changed it, and because for whatever reason they made him they made they made him straight. This. This role of Jason Statham is so blatantly, overly, insanely, quote-unquote, heterosexual. It's bananas. So then, yeah. And then, yeah, no, they just, they just totally just start having, like, sex. And then, like, yeah. The crowd cheers him on. They're like, he gets it in there. Because at first he's, he's like, a little, because yeah! he's a little hesitant. But then he just starts going to town and he just starts yelling, like, I'm alive! Like, I'm a, yeah, he's thrusting. From behind, he's got her bent over the thing, and he's like, I'm alive! I'm alive! There's people in buses. They're all like, yeah, there's like a whole bus of like freaking uh, Chinese schoolgirls all like going, oh, he has big penis. Actually, I found out later they were Japanese, not because the movie told me, but because they show up later on a newscast, and the subtitles tell told me, because I watch movies with subtitles, the subtitles told me they were speaking Japanese. Okay, cool. So fun fact. So yeah, these Japanese like uh, schoolgirls or what it's implied, they all go like, "Oh, oh look, he got big dick," and he's yeah. railing random like, "There's like live sex. Is this America? <laughs> this is America." Okay, so but then this was the worst part. You know why? Because he leaves Amy unsatisfied. Because like he ends up getting a phone call. Freaking uh, from his doctor, and it ends with a call from fucking. Why does it say Kilio? No, I think that might have been Kalo. Kalo, yeah, yeah, because that was a character. I think. Yeah, I think that was the gay lad. He gets a phone call from Kalo saying he knows where Ricky is, so he stops the sex and walks off. And then Amy realizes, oh god, I was just freaking raw dogged in public. She doesn't even seem to care about that. She's just like, what are you looking at? Stop. Yeah. And oh my she, god, she's what more have I done? She's more annoyed. And that's the that's the nutty part to me. So yeah, that's that's that scene. So in a taxi, he is like on his way, and then some like freaking Haitian was it like a Haitian like no the taxi driver gives him some Haitian drug stuff. Yeah, he said this that Haitian shit made from plants. Hey, hey, yo, crackhead! I don't need you dying in my taxi. Take this. This is some Haitian shit. It's gonna get you going. And he like does it. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? So Jason, so then Jason gets to the place, right? And then he ascends the roof and sneaks up on a guy. He's like, where's Kalo? And then when the guy doesn't answer, he just throws him off the roof. That was pretty good. Yep. So then he goes down to confront. Because like, he knows it's a trap. Yeah. And then so he uh, goes down to confront, hopefully Ricky, but all he got was goons. Yeah. And what we suspect is a dead Kalo. Which I'm pretty sure he is, yeah. So when I say Kilo, because here's the thing, we got fucking Chev Chilios. These are some weird fucking names. Chev Yeah, dude, these are some weird fucking names, movie. Crank. Is it any... Lionsgate. Is it any weirder, though, than, than Schwarzenegger and Commando? His name was John Matrix. I mean, John, yeah, but but Matrix, you know? See, but Commando comes off as a cartoon. That's true. Like, this movie comes... Like, See, this movie Crank comes is off, really weird to me because... It comes off as an adult cartoon. Yeah, because like, remember I said the transporter movies, they play everything, all the ridiculous shit completely straight. I couldn't tell what Crank was, like, Crank was sometimes playing it straight, but sometimes wasn't. Yeah. So, anyway, he's talking to the dudes, 
I think there might be gunpoint. But then Amy Smart appears out of the elevator. So yeah, which distracts nowhere. them. And then Statham starts killing lads while going through this freaking warehouse sweatshop spot. Which I found out, again, according to the subtitles, my first assumption is, oh, man, okay, it's a Chinese sweatshop. It's a Korean one. So there's that. So, yeah, they're going through there, right? And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And there's this guy that goes up to Jason and he goes... They're, they're, they're like the guy that runs a sweatshop he's like hey asshole what are you doing and Amy Smart tells him don't talk to him like that my boyfriend kills people <laughs> if there was a line in this don't movie don't talk to him like that my boyfriend kills people if there was a line of dialogue she's a very, in this supportive, mo- she's a very supportive mate you know what that reminds me of today on twitter I told my, I told my folks about this right before I left there was a guy on twitter who tweeted, he said, I just broke my, a Raiders fan, he said, I just broke my TV in front of 30 plus people here at my watch party. My wife took the kids from, to, the, to a hotel and said they need some time away from me. The Raiders ruined my life. <laughs> James's face is in his palm. And <laughs> same energy, bro. And my dad's response was, my dad's response was, there's no supportive wives out there anymore. (laughs) That that one was actually really funny. (laughs) James's face is face palmed again. Alright, back to, back to Craig. <laughs> Either way, we get a funny scene where like forget like Amy and Statham were talking outside, but he shoots some dude that's above them and like fall. That's from like, the trailer, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I had to see if it was true. It's like I something. had to see if it was true, baby. Shoots a dude dead. Now come on. Come on. It's true. Okay, so they get in this do you know what kind of car this was? Well, I guess it doesn't matter. This was, like this, a, this was like a Volkswagen golf. Yeah, he gets into a Volkswagen golf, which I so totally like know Volks- what it is. Yeah. It's yellow as hell. So there's a car chase, gun like cars chase going with gunfire. They have a small heart to heart about how he was really gonna leave the life behind and because like, she gonna... actually realizes the truth of the situation. Yeah. And then she just realizes, oh dang, you're falling apart. Let me get you excited, baby. So then as he's getting as he's getting he's in a car chase, there's guns shooting at him. She gives him a blowjob, and before you say anything else, bro, Jason Statham's sex faces are amazing. Especially in the blow. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's really working for me. Pop, 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 pop. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, that's working for me. <laughs> But then she eventually stops because she realizes, yeah, no, you might crash out like you always do. Yeah. And then he gets pissed. He's like, fuck. And then he just shoots somebody. <laughs> mm. I'm glad. I'm glad I let you so talk ev- me into watching Crank. So eventually the car chase ends when like but when like the last car crashes. Statham just rolls up to the car, just straight up just freaking guns down whoever's in there, and then walks back in. And she asks, is he dead? And he goes, I think so. <laughs> so they stop at a hardware store so because, like, there was one point where Statham got shot. So he goes up to the nail section. Shot in the ass, I think, or something. He just goes up and starts na- like hammering nails in his leg to numb the pain from being shot. That might have been the, the other hardest thing to watch, besides the hand and the waffle iron. Why, thing. Lionsgate, are you so fucking weird and gory, and your movies look so gross? What's with your torture porn, bro? 
That's, for that, fucking real. That's what people started calling the Saw movies. Well, the, I think the term torture porn had been out for a while, but Saw made it mainstream. Yep. Well, because again, the first Saw movie was actually a pretty interesting, compelling movie, but then from the second movie on, it just became like a slasher movie. All anyone cared about were the kills, except it's not dudes with knives. It's freaking these weird, intricate death traps. Yeah. So anyway, so he gets a call from his doctor and he says head to his house. He's going to, he gets there. Yeah, heads to his like house office thing. And then we get like an actually pretty like, like I was, my heart was touched a bit. Uh, this like slow scene. He's yeah, like, we actually got a slow scene out of all this high off. Jason had to act a few times. You know, what's funny. You said in transporter three, uh, when the car crashed through his, 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 his house. And I say, he didn't even look concerned. You said, do you think Jason has the acting range to look concerned? Yes, I do. Because there's a couple times here in crank when he's with Amy smart, he's like, I'm sorry, baby. And in this scene, too, because the doctor's like, you know, hey, man, this is a temporary fix. You know, he's like, why don't you let me load you up with some shit and you can, like, go out on a dream. And then Jason Statham, he, like, turns his head. And he's like, a dream. He's like, a dream. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, one hour. Oh, and he's one hour. Give me one hour. And I was like, you know, you're probably technically not a good actor, but I was moved, Jason Statham. Yeah, because like literally the doctors hooked him with an IV with various drugs like adrenaline and also meth to make sure he keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, oh, yeah, I feel kind of good. He said, well, that's because I put some meth in here. Some meth in here. <laughs> okay, so that really quick, when people say meth, they mean methamphetamines. And right? here's the thing. The doctor says, like, I can put you on life support. Isn't meth just morphine? Like, or is that something else? No, no. Morphine's uh, heroin. Heroin. No, okay. no, no. That's Oxycontin. But morphine's a friggin' painkiller. Okay. That relaxes my you. My bad. Keep going. But yeah, no. Which he also, I guess he tells you he can put on life support. I guess you also said he could just basically put, give him like a peaceful death. Yeah, that's that. That was the thing where he's like, "Why don't you let me load you up with some shit? You can go out on a dream." I thought it was just put him on life support, but he would be induced into a medical coma. Yeah. So he then decides, like, you know what? Hey, keep me alive. Give me like something that can get me one more hour, so I can go on a rampage and kill Ricky. So he but then he also says his goodbyes to like Amy. Well, he says he's like doing a heart to heart with Amy Smart. Yeah, you hear the narration. That's where we get that shot from the trailer of them kissing by the gold curtain. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's like, we're, which he we're calls the- up Ricky to the set up a meetup for what we presume is the final showdown. Yeah. He's like, I want the antidote and I'll give you your uh, homophobic slur brother's ring back. So Jason's gearing up for war. He's juiced up. He's got a gun. Yeah, we see Satham walking. We hear like the dialogue of him promising like, Amy Smart that he's going to return. You promise you'll come back? I promise I'll, I'll come back. back. I guess we got Satham acting in this fucking chaotic movie. Yeah, that's why I was kind of stoked for the Crank movies because like Jason actually talks in this movie a lot. <laughs> I hear a lot of yell. Are you sure talking? There's a lot of yelling. Listen, I'm a simple man, okay? I just want to enjoy as much Jason Statham anything in my life, okay? <laughs> so then here we have Statham walk into an elevator, which he's also, we are shown that he's on a drug trip because he is presuming he's talking to an Asian lad that's in there who is, his mouth is talking, but it vo- brings out, it's like the voices of various characters. Yeah, it's like his mom, then it's the bad guy, and then it's himself. Yeah, which then like shows himself. I was like, yo, what's this Evangelion shit? Yeah, we're literally getting this in the movie. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Wow. Is Crank Big Brain or something? You remember that scene from Evangelion? Uh, when you watched Evangelion, did you do English or Japanese? 
Uh, Japanese. Okay, so then you know that scene where um where the one angel gets in Oscar's mind, and then you you've got like the scene of her being like, "Hi, I'm Oscar Langley." Story you. Uh, all the different voice actresses from that show said that line, but just over Oscar's body. Yeah. So that that's what that reminded me of. Yeah, so I guess we got an Evangelion moment in this fucking chaotic movie, but literally it's like he's on a drug trip. Which Shinji, like, get in the robot. Which then, yeah, no, it's just basically him. And he's like realizes he's at I his thought this was supposed to. I thought this was supposed to be like a, a, a like a conversation with God or like his psychosis or something. This is psychosis realizing. It's a psychosis realizing his mortality as I he is think. about to die. Yes. So either way, we get to the rooftop and we see naked women in glass orbs. Yeah, they're just women in jars. That's what I wrote here. I'm like, what the fuck? Ponder your... They're in glass orbs, bro. I almost fell out of my chair because I'm like, what is this? I guess you're pondering the women. Why do rich people have such weird tastes? Hey, dude, they just want to ponder their women in the orbs. Ponder their (laughs) orb of women. Their orbs of women? Yes, let Carlito ponder his orb that has a woman in it. He po- <laughs> I love that meme. What? You never saw what does that meme? You never saw the pondering the orb meme? Uh, which one was that? It's the wizard. Where they were just randomly saying shit. Where it's like, hey, baby, please don't be pondering your orb. We just see the wizard just hanging out pondering his orb. What? You have not seen the pondering the orb on, meme? Oh, bro, what? How? Oh, that- fuck. I actually haven't seen that one. <laughs> it's a fucking hilarious meme. What? <laughs> No way. I know. Normally I'm pretty normally I'm pretty up to date on these memes. But you didn't see the pondering the orb memes? Bro, I was really, really, really busy in, in, in December, okay? <laughs> I was working forty hour weeks. I was barely sleeping. I had a trip. And then and then there was a mild COVID scare at the very end of the year. I was very busy during December. Yeah, it seems like you couldn't take a moment to sit around and ponder your orb. <laughs> I don't know why, but that weirdly sounds like a euphemism to me. Just like I don't know why, just 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 talk about the scene. So either way, Statham appears where he finds Ricky and Carlito. Yes, they're like talking. Where basically he's asking for the antidote, but they're just telling him, "Ha ha ha, lol." No, you're just gonna die, bro. Ha ha ha, lol. So then Statham just brings out a finger gun. Like is he's just like has his like hand, his like gun pointed at, like he's just pointing at like he's. He's pointing his finger like a gun where he's like, well, oh, what are you going to do? You're just going to shoot us with your finger gun. Ha ha lol. Which then he just goes a boom. And a dude like he's pointing at a dude. He just goes boom. And a dude is actually shot. I was like, what is this? Some freezing bullshit. Yeah. But then we just realizes, oh shit, look, it's that triad dude he didn't kill. He brought a crew, so now we have a big freaking gunfight on top of this roof. I forgot to mention, apparently Chester Bennington's in this movie somewhere. TV Tropes just says the first time he shows up is in the original movie where he suggests the acquisition of epinephrine in order to in order for Chev to stave off the poison. That must have been the fucking nasal spray. Wait, hold it. Let me get that fucking. I'm. I have to look that up. Do you have much on like this fucking like? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. You know what's funny thing? Because we keep talking about Lionsgate. Chester Bennington was also was also in a random Saw movie. He got killed in one of the death traps. So, dude, Lions Gate from like the year 2000 to 2010 is some wild shit. But anyway, yeah. So the gunfight happens. You, dudes are getting uh, dudes are getting popped off. Ricky actually loses some of his fingers because someone shoots a gun out of his hand and it, it goes off on his hand. 
So now uh, Statham's chasing that Carlito guy who was there, but he's fading fast, but Statham's on the move. So then Carlito is like, <clears throat> excuse me. So Carlito gets into a helicopter. Oh, yeah. It's a quick moment. I found it. He was the dude where he like recommended the nasal spray. He just looks like so Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't recognize his voice. Yeah, yeah, he he had that like well, light voice about him. He looked like a goofy fucking druggie in the <laughs> in the freaking hospital, bro. Hey man, he had a lot of problems. I know he did, but he played that part he looked really the part. Well. He looked the part and sounded the part very well. Hey man, freaking nasal the spray. The gauges didn't help. Yeah, no, hey man, nasal spray has that for Deferman. Just heads up, dude. Was, Thank you. <laughs> I was sad when he died. I was, also, I'm not even a big Lincoln he's Park also in, fan. He's also in Crank 2, too. So. That's what I heard, yeah. Also, apparently, Ron Jeremy's in the in the second one. Because, again, according to TV Tropes, him and a whole group of porn stars are in the second movie. Because, But apparently, according to Brian Taylor, who I forget what he did with this movie, that wasn't supposed to happen. But Ron Jeremy found out they were show, uh, filming that movie, so him and his porn friends just showed up. Wow, I guess the crank really just invited random people. Also, also, you know how your favorite band ever is uh, Tool? Yes. Maynard James Keenan's also in the second movie. I, I get, found out. All right, we'll see if I can recognize who he is. Okay, so yeah, so that's going. So now Carlito's in the helicopter. Jason's trying to get him, but then, Car- but then Ricky stabs Jason with Jason. The, the, uh, wait, oh, Statham. Yeah, yeah, Statham. Sorry, I yeah. was tripping. You, this is the one movie you actually wanted to call him by his movie name, but. Look, look, Chev Chilius is a cool name and all, but bro, it's J- it's Jason State. Maybe the transporter movies are more true to who Jason Statham is as a person. Which I can't believe I just said that. But he's Jason Statham. Okay, there, there's two sides to every person. Okay, some days you feel like the transporter. Sometimes you feel like Crank. So, uh, have you got to the part where Ricky kills Carlito? Yeah. So he sticks Jason with something, and everyone he just injects him with more poison, and he's just yelling, "Ha ha ha! Die, you motherfucker!" And Carlito's like, "Where the fuck were you?" And then, and then Ricky's just like, "Blap blap." He's like, blah. "I'm the big man now, huh?" Which then, like, freaking save them either way, like, because like they're on a helicopter. The helicopter is gonna fly away. So then we just got a fucking garbage B fucking like sounding like new metal track as there's a fight on the helicopter. I was like, yo, they're in the sky now. What is this? True lies. So yeah, they end up doing a skydiving brawl, which Statham just ends up breaking Ricky's neck. Yeah, he's like, I told you I'll kill ya. And then yeah, then and then the the movie actually ends on a semi sad scene where Jason calls Amy and he and he and he gives her a goodbye. He's like, oh, it looks like I'll let you down again. You know, he says something like, you know. You know, I, I I never really stopped to smell the roses. I'm fucking up the speech. I should have wrote it down. But yeah, he gives a heartfelt goodbye. And then he makes peace. Then he lands on a car. He lands on a car. He fucking lands on a car, but decides to bounce like a fucking basketball up into the air. And Here's the thing. He just... And it, would, that how that, would that how that would work? I don't know. Well, you know, you know physics and shit. I would think he just fucking splat. Literally, he would splatter right around. through the car. No, but fucking no. Jason Statham's got a fucking hard rock bod, bro. And fucking like that shit ain't gonna splat when falling fucking thousands of feet in the air to the ground onto a car. Either way, no, he's just gonna bounce off and then land back to earth, which we see some eye movement. Yeah, he like blinks. That he might be alive. 
Yeah. Which, well, yeah, because there's a second movie. We're going to be watching it. So Fuck, they should have. Listen, Jason Statham's whole career should have been like 12 Transporter movies and like five Crank movies. Which this oh, movie I didn't crack can... the joke too. I didn't crack the joke too. What? <laughs> in my notes, because I just realized, because I knew the scene was happening. He was falling like skydiving. It's like, haha, lol, he pulls a Peggy Hill. Ah! Because like there's a famous, there's like that episode of King of the Hill where like Peggy skydives, but her parachute doesn't work. And then she just l- fucking splats into like some soft soil. But her whole body's broken from there on out <laughs> for like a, for that for the second episode. It's like one there's like an episode that leads into another episode. It reminds me of the hill. I, 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 I forgot to write on my notes, but I remembered I was going to write on there at some point. But I forgot. To, I was like, yo, is this where Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo? Got this idea? Because there's a there's a scene in that movie where they're falling through the sky as that one as that one bald dude that's in a lot of movies, but I can never remember his name of is trying to kill them. Remember Harold and Kamar? Yeah, Quintana I remember Harold, but I only watched those m- movies once. Oh, bro. The first one's all right, but that Guantanamo Bay one's still pretty funny. Shit. Fuck, that was Crank. That was Crank. I guess we watched Crank 2, which I know gets extremely vulgar. And gross. Yeah. We don't, you know. I was suspecting, I thought I would get more of like the Transporter movies, but I realized, nope, Crank is a totally different movie. Oh, I knew Crank was a different movie. You could tell by the trailer. This movie successfully convinced me that Jason Statham is could be on drugs in real life. He played the adrenaline junkie just a little too convincing. Here's the thing. The movie in concept is kind of an interesting movie. Hey, you're injected with poison, but for some reason you can still stay alive if you can keep your adrenaline going. Which I'm like, interesting. You know, he's in really interesting concept movies like Transporter 3. Yeah. Hey. You're attached to your car. You can't leave at a certain distance or you'll be blow up with a bomb on you. Which then you have interesting sequences where it's like, oh, hey, his car is running away from him. How does he keep up without getting exploded? Yeah, two in the the first two transport movies were a little more straightforward, but they still had some neat little concepts, too. Yeah, but not like that. But like, fuck it. This was like, huh. Like, Crank is like, yeah, but yeah, they redo it again in the second movie, which we'll like talk to you about next week. But other than that, fuck. Holy God, this is a long episode. There's a lot to talk about. Is this as long as our 69th? No, 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 no. That went to three hours. Okay. We're at like two and a half hours. Hype. There are timestamps, people. <laughs> I apologize. I figure if they're this point in the podcast, or they could just be like me sometimes, like when, like sometimes when, when podcasts finish up like the meat of what I want to hear them talk about, then I'm just like, okay, bye. Yeah. But, but yeah, if they're here this long, I think they might've known they, we had the timestamps. Timestamps. This movie made me feel like I was on drugs. Yes. Fucking, yeah. Hey, yeah. All right. I think we're done. Okay. All right, listeners. Thank you for listening. This is the Dr. Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. We'll see you next week for Crank 2. Other than that, have a good one. Adios. High voltage, baby! (laughs) 